Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking white man. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Ooh, bitch, you got coronavirus. That you now see the error of your way. And understand that the society cannot function where one's own belief in a concept of liberty permits you to flaunt your disdain for the rulings of duly elected officials. Oh, good for you! That you owe an apology to the elected officials whom you disrespect, disrespected, and that you represent to this court that you will today cease operation of your salon and not reopen until after further orders of this of the government permit you to do so. This court will consider the payment of a fine in lieu of the incarceration which you've demonstrated that you have so clearly earned. Is there anything that you would like to say? I don't give a fuck. I have to disagree with you, sir, when, I, when you say that I'm selfish because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salon. You are fake news. I will eat your ass. I'll do it. Very fake news. Gag free over here. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. All right, go, go. Five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Happy first Mother's Day to you, Blonde. Thank you. And uh, we made my mama a nice brunch this morning, late morning. Uh, so I've kind of had to scramble a little bit to put the show together Aww. today. So then kind of a, a tough show. This this Ahmad Arbery case is is very complex. So, uh, you know, apology in advance if we bungle anything. But we're going to do the best we can to, uh, to get through what is a, a tough case to navigate, or at least a very detailed case to navigate. Yeah, in case you've been... a lot of been... feelings about it. A lot of feelings. We'll go with those. Uh, <laughs> if you missed this week, I don't know how you could. It's the viral story of the week and the weekend. But footage emerges of the shooting of 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery in uh, Georgia in February, the shooting was, shot by a father and son claiming to uh, claiming they intervened after a burglary. Um, and I've seen every take on this from the father and son are cold-blooded murderers to Ahmad Arbery attacked first and the father and son defended themselves. We'll go through the complexity of the case. Uh, and then you heard it in the intro there. The coronavirus business crackdowns continue. Highest profile cases of the week were in Texas, of all places. The Dallas salon owner, Shelley Luther, was the uh, the famous case this week before that sanctimonious judge. 
But uh, <laughs> a, a, a case that didn't get as much press is, and is maybe more controversial, a SWAT team raids an Odessa bar. That was quite a scene. A couple more cases as well. I'll go through those. And then how quickly the Michael Flynn case has just turned around. Last week, we talked about the FBI's sketchy investigation and questioning of him. And now this week, the charges are dropped. Uh, hopefully by next week, he's head of the FBI. That would complete the tale. That's yeah, what everybody's really. hoping for on Twitter. That <clears> would be a perfect ending. I do hope he gets like a $50 million book deal or something to recoup hmm. some of his losses here. And then before we get out of here, mandatory mask rules are being aggressively trolled in Southern California. A man goes grocery shopping in a KKK hood last weekend, and he was really committed to the bit. He didn't care. He kept it on. He didn't he act like nothing, yeah. nothing was wrong. And then on Thursday, another man in the same town actually shops in a swastika mask and recorded his experience on a GoPro. So we'll check in with that footage. And uh, of course, we'll take Super Chats on YouTube, Streamlabs, or DLive in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show. Because we are no good low-down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals from listener-owned businesses, of course. This week, our feature business is uh, our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. Are your Corona Bucks burning a hole in your pocket? Do you need a custom way to defend your big igloo during Corona Apocalypse? Why not get something awesome from our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies? Sonoran is a firearms dealer based in Arizona, but with a focus in the online community. They specialize in Glock polymer laser stippling, custom Glock builds, and other firearms engraving, as well as general firearms and accessory sales. Sonoran Defense has several easy-to-order laser stippling packages, but they can also accommodate one-off custom designs. Upon request, they've done custom work for me. I can tell you uh, the work they do feels as good as it looks. It's really awesome stuff. You can reach out to Sonoran to spruce up an old Glock you've had laying around your safe for a while, or you can order a fresh new one from them. They'll give it some custom laser work and send it your way through a FFL, a, a properly licensed FFL dealer, of course. Uh, whatever you're looking for, just reach out for a quote via the contact form on their website which is linked on uh, my website. Of course, Sonoran Defense also offers laser-marked AR and AK magazines. With many designs to choose from, they even have secret designs you'll only find on their Instagram page, so be sure to follow them. That's at Sonoran Defense. And they'll do custom requests on those too. They'll put personalized images, text, or logos on magazines for you. Whatever you're looking for, Sonoran will offer 10% off all their products and services to listeners of this show using the promo code G's. That's J-E-E-Z. Find everything you need from Sonoran, plus special deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Phoenix Ammunition, Hero Soap Company, and more. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. Uh, get through some quick stories before we hop into the, the big Ahmad uh, Arbery story. Did you see the Stormtrooper arrest on May the 4th? <laughs> This poor girl. I know. She's like, I'm just trying to do my job. This is work related, right? And it it, it, it was work related. <laughs> and it turns out she doesn't even like Star Wars. So, it, you know, it was a total waste of time for her. I hope she maybe at least got a nice payout from her boss. But this is Lethbridge, Alberta. A restaurant worker was dressed as a stormtrooper for May the 4th, which 
God, man, May the 4th gets so annoying to me. Everybody saying, like, I want to mute that thing on Twitter because it's just nothing but Star Wars references. This one was, this this uh, this year was quite different, though. This is a crazy piece of news. She, she's, uh, she has the full Stormtrooper costume. She's out promoting this restaurant that's newly opened after the coronavirus restrictions. And, of course, she's got a plastic blaster. She, um, she's out promoting the business. I guess the business is, I think they're, they're Star Wars themed. They have Jabba the Gut pizza and Yoda soda. Either that or they yeah. had May the 4th special items. Anyway, the Lethbridge Police Department says uh, police were called to the restaurant because of someone in a stormtrooper costume carrying a firearm. So someone called the emergency uh, personnel on, on this uh, stormtrooper because of her plastic gun. Now, according to the police, this woman dropped the weapon upon police confrontation, but the, the police say she didn't initially comply with orders to get down on the ground. That characterization is disputed by the restaurant owner. When officers forced the woman to the ground, she apparently hit her face and her nose started to bleed. The woman can be heard crying in the video. Here's some scenes of what it looked like. She's just walking around before. Put your hands up. Oh my God. She was not charged, so I don't think she was uh, taken into the station or anything like that either. The restaurant owner says he's in contact with lawyers and is considering options. I'm not sure what his options might be for some reconciliation here, but in any case, uh, as I mentioned, the restaurant owner says, ironically enough, uh, the young woman is not even a Star Wars fan, and he's not optimistic he can convert her now that she has this experience associated with it. Meanwhile, Kim Jong-un has not had a confirmed sighting since his disappearance in mid April. Yeah. I'm starting to think this body double thing might be real. It sounds really well, paranoid, but he's done it before. Apparently the, the speculation continues to swirl. Is he incapacitated? Is he dead? What is he doing last week? Of course, as you mentioned, we did see some image comparisons on Twitter, looking at the supposed Kim Jong-un at this uh, the ribbon cutting event that was presented by North Korean state media and comparing that to known images of, of Kim Jong-un, people noticing some differences or at least potential differences, perceived differences. Anyway, this week, 2017 footage of Kim Jong-un resurfaced, showing him with two identically dressed lookalikes and they're checking out a new missile. You be the judge here. This is just a brief clip of, of what... It's hard to tell. I guess there are two of them there. You can see one of them kind of close up. That's and they have the, the same, double, right? They have the same. This is supposed to be one of them. They have the same outfit, the same general haircut. It's hard. You can't really see the faces. But apparently he has a few of them at this missile site in this 2017 20, uh, footage. And Kim has long been rumored to use body doubles to, to ward off assassination attempts. That is not a that's not really a tinfoil or controversial uh, opinion the international business times uh, international business times has has declared it a quote well-known fact but you know that's just one journalist outlet's opinion but that's not very tinfoil if he's using body doubles to uh to ward off um assassination attempts those body doubles need jobs to do and he apparently can't be seen anywhere frequently right now i don't think it's beyond 
unreasonable speculation to think that that might yeah. be going on. Either way, we don't have clarification about Kim Jong-un's status. Uh, on Monday, um, West Virginia Governor Jim Justice had kind of a, a funny moment. He, uh, he was giving a press conference describing how the, the relaxation of some restrictions on businesses as we all open up from uh, coronavirus lockdown. And it sounds like he just drops the F word in the middle of uh, his speech. Check this out. But no longer orders them to stay at home. Again, I encourage all businesses that are allowed to open to do so only if they can follow the guidelines to keep West Virginia safe. <laughs> what did he what did he say he meant to say? Well, that's what's confusing. And this is not like a oh, I'm so offended he used the F word thing. It's just funny to hear in a in a professional government whatever context like that. And I don't even care if he did say the F word, but he's denying it and say and saying um he says, quote, today at our news briefing, there was an audio glitch. Justice uh, explained he did this by uh, through a video on Twitter. And he says, quote, and it sounded like I said a bad word, a word that I never say, nor have I ever said. You've never said fuck. Come on, man. Uh, nobody's believing that. No possibility in any way, shape, form or fashion. I mean, whatever. Did he say it? Did he not? I don't think it's the biggest scandal ever. But also to your point, he didn't. Like, it seems easy to just say, here's a, he was reading commentary. Here's a transcript of what he was reading. And you could see how maybe words get mashed up if there was an audio glitch or just even just a misspeak. I've I'm not gonna, seen. I kind of believe him. It does sound weird. It sounds yeah. sort of jumbled or like it was spliced together. Well, poor guy. Not a great scandal or anything like that. I was just fascinated by the explanation. I've never said the, the the f word never in my life have i said the f word somebody's got to trick that man fucking either <laughs> uh last week we uh we went through joe biden's whole interview on um on uh msnbc with uh, mika what's her face mika brzezinski talking about the tara reed allegations and tara reed has been kind of flirting with certain media outlets will she appear won't she appear she finally did appear in a long-form interview with megan kelly on mm -hmm. megan's youtube channel i think aside from her describing the alleged assault in greater detail in a long format the other interesting part about this interview is they're largely circumventing traditional media. Now I know Megyn Kelly comes from traditional TV media, but this is still a, a, a news breaking interview or a massive interview in the U S news cycle. That's being done digitally, not with some big network, not on traditional TV. None of that power of the internet is on display. And that's a pretty cool subplot to this. But Anyway, the, the interview is about 40 minutes long. You can go and listen to it. There's not a lot of new revelation in here other than uh, Tara Reid's detailed description of what happened. But Tara Reid does say that she, um, she'll only do a polygraph test, a lie detector test, if Joe Biden also does one. And she also calls on Joe Biden to, to drop out of the race. Some of those who supported her but now have found a reason not to support you say, well, she was under oath. Would you go? Christine Blasey Ford is who she's right, referencing. Right. Yeah. Under oath? Absolutely. They say, well, she subjected herself to cross-examination. Would you do that? Absolutely. They also point out that she took a polygraph controlled by someone on her team. Is that something you want to do? I'm not a criminal. Joe Biden should take the polygraph. What kind of precedent does that set for survivors of violence? Does that mean we're presumed guilty and we all have to take polygraphs? 
So I will take one if Joe Biden takes one. But I'm not a criminal. If he's watching this, mm -hmm. what do you want to say to him? I want to say, you and I were there, Joe Biden. Please step forward and be held accountable. You should not be running on character for the President of the United States. You want him to withdraw? I wish he would. But he won't, but I wish he would. That's how I feel emotionally. Do you want an apology? I think it's a little late. Ugh, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I found it more believable last week before this interview. But um, was there anything about this interview that you found to be sketchy just, or suspect? You, well, it was our conversation about it. Was this last week that we talked about it where you were like, well, this the timing is the most suspicious part about all of this. Yeah, and I just it's, hate it's odd what happened to Brett Kavanaugh so much that it's actually making me feel sympathy for Joe Biden. However, like as we'll discuss in a minute, she did have a lot more supporting evidence. No she's got some evidence, more. She's got yeah. some more. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say I, I have to disagree with her reasoning about a polygraph being an unfair burden to her. I know that the lie detectors aren't necessarily reliable evidence, but I will remind Tara Reid, you're the one making the accusation. The burden rests on you to provide the evidence. And like I said, thus far, more evidence than I ever expected has been submitted. I don't say that to dismiss her entirely. Just the idea that, oh, how dare you place the burden of supporting the accusation on the accuser? No, that right. that's that's the proper placement for the burden that's not my gripe um, with this it's that polygraphs yeah. are worthless right um, there's that too yeah which if she answered that way i'd probably agree more like who cares if i do it's not it's not really useful uh it's it's a heart rate measurement isn't it something like that i'm not exactly sure how it works physiologically but it's but some measurement of your vital signs stay yeah. calm while lying would always pass a, a polygraph in that case um, yeah, I know, I know they're notoriously unreliable. I'm told they're not admissible as evidence in court. Is that true? I, we heard that with the Blossy Ford stuff. I'm, I, I have no expertise on that issue. Mm -hmm. Anyway, as to this new evidence, uh, more of it is trickling in each and every day or each and every week. So this week, a, a 1996 court document was published by the San Luis Obispo Tribune. And in this uh, court document, Tara Reid uh, told her then husband that she was sexually harassed while working for Biden in 1993. That would be consistent with her claims thus far. In the filing, Reed's ex-husband says he met Tara Reed in the spring of 93 in DC. And in the early stages of dating, Reed had confided about a problem she was having at work with sexual harassment in Senator Joe Biden's office. Reed told her ex-husband she had struck a deal with the office and left that job. Now note the filing does not say Biden was the one doing the sexual harassment to her or necessarily that even even that she was the victim of it. It reads, uh, quote, a problem she was having at work regarding sexual harassment. That's a pretty broad statement. It doesn't yeah. accuse Joe Biden personally, it's just at his office. It's certainly supportive, though. Yeah, it's generally consistent for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and in combination with the other factors, corroboration by friends, um, what we have so far is general corroboration that Tara Reid didn't make up the story yesterday. Yeah. That doesn't mean that the story is true, but it means that she's been consistent over time, which is, again, more consistent than the lowest possible bar of the Blossy Ford standard. Um, asked for comment, the Biden campaign says they are not commenting on this development at this time, so they continue to stay mostly hush-hush. And who could blame them when they have to 
trot Joe Biden out there to speak on his own behalf. We saw how that went with Mika Brzezinski. He continues to do live streams and other YouTube events from his basement. Um, The one thing about the Mika Brzezinski interview from MSNBC that we went through last week, I wish I had watched. I only watched through the segment with Mika Brzezinski talking with Joe about the terror read allegations specifically. They did another segment after that and they talked about coronavirus and the economy and all that. <laughs> that was the part where Joe Biden again, uh, used the word intercourse in a bizarre yeah. context. Here's, here's another one of those gaffes to be clear to the audience. I know that this has other meanings. Like I, I know that that technically it's correct. I'm just saying the timing is uh, idiotic. This it's bad optics. Also, yeah. when is the last time that you said intercourse in any context other than a sexual one? Uh, I never say it in a sexual context either because it, it's kind of it's very thing. health class. Yeah, it's very uh, proper. Anyway, pandemic is that the president has no intercourse whatsoever with the rest of the the world on dealing with these things. <laughs> Trump needs more intercourse throughout the rest of the world. Okay. Anyway, and then Biden is is doing uh, he he's doing these totally authentic and not at all scripted moments with celebrities. He's really borrowing a page from Hillary's book where he gets these celebrity endorsements. But on his YouTube channel this week, he did um, this hangout with uh, with Keegan Michael Key of Key and uh, Key and Peel fame. And uh, yeah, I'm sure they hang out best buds like this for sure. I always start with dessert. This is 13. Come on, Keegan, you can do 20. Keegan, I do everything 46 these days. That's 20. Do 30, Keegan, 30, 10 more. Come on, Joe. 30. But uh, Joe, I, I gotta get going. Where are you going? You're quarantined, you can't go anywhere. We're in quarantine. Yep, 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 you're right, you're right. Keegan, do you have any threes? I do, Joe. Yes, I do. That thing got hit pretty hard with dislikes on YouTube. But um, but as far as all this physical fitness talk, Joe Biden always talking about how many push-ups he can do, how he, how he can take it outside. Listen, Jack, let's take it outside. Before Joe Biden ultimately dies, and no, I'm not wishing for his death, but natural causes. We're getting there. I'm not wishing for it. I hope that he does well. I'm just saying we're getting there. Before we do get there, I want to see him make good on these physical fitness and let's take it outside, Jack, type comments. I want to see him actually fight a guy. If Joe Biden dies before we actually get to witness a physical fight that he references with frequency and him lifting his dumbbells for training and all this, I'll be sorely disappointed. Anyway, all right, I'll delay no more. Um, we should get into the uh, to the Ahmad Arbery stuff. And I still don't know how to say his name. I'm going with Ahmad, Ahmad Arbery. But I've heard everything from Ahmed to Amuad or whatever. Ahmed? I've heard Ahmed. (laughs) I'm going with Ahmad. So apology if I say it wrong. But just to catch you up on this case in case um, you didn't pay attention uh, or just, you know, you didn't have time, you didn't see it this week. This is the viral story of the week. Um, New footage emerged showing the shooting of 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery in Satilla Shores, Georgia. The shooting was by Gregory McMichael, who is the older gentleman, uh, and and his son, Travis McMichael. Travis is the one who actually did the shots, as far as I understand. But Ahmad Arbery was 25, Gregory McMichael is 64, and his son, Travis, is 34. Uh, Before we get to the actual footage, because that's really the new development this week, 
there's so much context to go through in how this case developed that I think is important to understand before we look at the actual footage itself. What are you smirking at? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing hilarious at all. Okay. Anyway, the shooting happened, as I said, back on February 23rd, but it's in the news now because um, footage emerged this week showing the events of the shooting. Um, so February 23rd is is when the events actually happen. What happened is Gregory McMichael and his son Travis uh, observe Ahmad Arbery jogging past them. They um, they grab two guns. Uh, they have a shotgun and a revolver, and they follow Arbery in a truck. They believe Arbery looks like a man suspected of several break-ins in the area. Now, the nature of these alleged robberies or burglaries remains unclear. As we'll see, there is this home entry or entry of a construction site that we'll see in a moment. But the local paper reports that only one burglary in the, burglary in the neighborhood had been reported to police in January or February. It was a handgun stolen from a truck parked outside of Travis McMichael's house. So any, the, then the shooting happens, which we'll get to in a moment. We'll break down the scenes of that shooting. February 27th, four days later, the Glynn County Police Department investigates the killing. And the Brunswick District Attorney recuses herself from the case because Gregory McMichael, the older of the two, the dad, uh, he's a former Glynn County police officer and had been a a longtime investigator in the District Attorney's office until he retired in May, May of last year. So she recuses herself The police investigate the case. Nothing really happens in March. April 1st, the local paper publishes details about the police investigation. The police investigation, according to the the documents released by the paper, is based almost entirely on the responding officer's interview with Gregory McMichael. The records claim that after the McMichaels pursued Arbery, Travis and Arbery started fighting over the shotgun, Travis's shotgun, at which point Travis fired a shot and then another a few seconds later, in the video, there are, in fact, three shots. Make, make of that what you will, whether you consider that to be an important difference or not. But the original police report says two shots. The video shows three. Then in early April, uh, the case was turned over to a different district attorney, the Waycross district attorney, who advised the police that there was insufficient cause to arrest the McMichaels. He says that the McMichaels acted legally under Georgia's citizens arrest and self-defense laws under pressure from the Arbery family. That DA recused himself also because his son had worked with Gregory McMichael in the Brunswick's prosecutor's office. So part of the issue here is you just have a lot of people who know each other in sort of small town policing. As far as I understand, a lot of conflicts of interest, Part of the reason this has gone on as long as it has is because to get somebody who's impartial or not related to or has no connection to uh, the parties of the case has been difficult is is one contributing factor. Uh, April 13th, a third prosecutor takes over the case. Uh, This from the Atlantic Judicial Circuit. The case kind of takes a quiet backseat amid coronavirus. You haven't seen a ton of loud protesting and and stuff like that about this because of what's been going on with the lockdowns. And then nothing much happens until May 5th. That would be Tuesday. The video emerges on Tuesday morning. Now, Susan WikiWiki, I have discovered, won't let me show you the footage, at least unedited. I had to post the footage on a separate channel before this to see if it would fly or not. She gave it a community guideline strike. And I appealed... And they said, okay, you can only show it with an age restriction. And since I don't want restrictions on this show, 
I can't show the unedited footage, but it's widely available. You can watch it if you want. I have taken some stills out of the footage so we can break down the key points uh, in the footage. So we'll take a look at, at what that looked like. Now, the guy taking the footage, I'm told, or as I understand, is William Bryan. And William Bryan is a neighbor of the McMichaels who joined them in pursuing Arbery, is, is right. what I... is. Yeah my understanding of who this guy is. So he, he knows who they are. He's participating in them or participating with them in their pursuit of Arbery after what they believe to be a burglary. So you can see it's, it's uh, well, let me get the video feed up here. You can see mid frame sort of tough to see, but in the center of the frame there, that is the McMichaels pickup truck in the middle of the road. And right behind them is Ahmad Arbery jogging. And when you watch the footage, you can see he's jogging down the street and as Arbery approaches the truck, the truck is just stopped in the middle of the street. They're trying to confront him. He makes a, he cuts rightward around the truck. That's Gregory in the truck bed that you can see on your screen. And that's, and Travis is still at, at this point, I believe still in the driver's seat. He exits the driver's seat left. And all of this, by the way, all of this is further complicated by vertical video orientation. Don't do that. Why? We Especially could have seen. When you're, yeah. We could have seen the whole scale here, especially yeah. when you're witnessing a crime. Horizontal people. Always horizontal. Anyway, uh, okay, so so Arbery cuts right around the truck. And this is where it gets hard to see exactly what happens. The truck is right on the left side of your frame here. You can see Arbery is making a leftward cut around the front of the truck. And the first shot gets fired right as Arbery cuts left at Travis, who's out of frame on the left. Now, it's it's... It's hard to see, like, was Travis pointing a gun at Arbery before this? Did Arbery make an aggressive move toward him that prompted? That is really messy and hard to see in the footage, as far as I'm concerned. We'll get to, you know, who's the aggressor, who's defending all that later. But what we know here for sure is Arbery makes a leftward cut toward Travis on the left-hand side, and a shot gets fired. Okay, then sort of a physical altercation between the two ensues and you can watch them sort of wrestle for this is Travis and Arbery wrestling for his shotgun what their, their hands are kind of both on that shotgun and so they kind of fight and go back and forth they actually go off screen to the left and that's when a second shot is fired you can't see it but you can hear it and then they wrestle some more and a third shot is fired as Travis and Arbery are continuing to wrestle for that shotgun and it as far as I can tell, it's basically a point blank shot. It's not very clear in the footage, but there's a shot here. And then Arbery kind of, uh, he, he, he jogs off and he collapses uh, moments later. That is the general sequence of how, how this played out. So uh, one of the shots the footage is concerned. went right through his hand, but not through his body. Do I understand that correctly? I'm not sure. And, in the footage, it looks clear to me as he's jogging away. It looks like he's got significant blood stains on his white T-shirt on the front. I don't know if he got hit square in the chest. I don't know if that's blood from an arm or a hand. I don't know what that is. It's, it's if really it was hard like a defensive wound, don't you think that it would have also hit his body? I mean, that leads me to believe he probably did grab the gun. But I've watched this video a bunch of times. I'm like, I can't tell what's going on, really. It's pretty tough. Um, but we do have some more things to get through as far as how this all developed uh, on May 7th. So 
Later this week, the McMichaels, after immense public pressure after the release of this footage, the McMichaels are arrested. They've both been charged with murder and aggravated uh, assault. Now, the other important context here, and let me let me be clear. I am not saying that this justifies what happened to Ahmad Arbery. We're going to get to our opinions about this later. But this is relevant context to the case. Recall one of the earlier prosecutors said uh, he didn't pursue the case because he had evidence that Arbery was burglarizing a house immediately prior, thus making the McMichaels or thus meaning the, the McMichaels were justified in an attempted citizen's arrest under Georgia law. That's what that second prosecutor who later recused himself said. What he's referring to is footage that has also been released this week uh, showing Arbery entering and wandering through a home under construction in the neighborhood of the McMichael's home. So here's a few different angles on that. I know this video uh, appears to have been taken the day of that deadly shooting. Uh, we know that this video appears to also have been um, in the minutes before the shooting took place. And we also believe uh, from where we became this video, uh, it comes from a home that's in the Satilla Shores neighborhood. So the, the footage just shows him kind of wandering around on the inside. We also have additional footage from the outside that shows his entry and his exit. And it shows a neighbor observing him doing this. And I, as far as do we know who made the 911 call? Is it just assumed that this neighbor is the guy? Uh, I don't know. I mean, all I know is it's not one of these two dudes involved. Right. So here, here's another angle of the entry into that home from the outside. New video appears to be what a former prosecutor in the case referred to in an email sent after his recusal. On April 7th, Ware County DA George Barnhill wrote there was, quote, video of Arbery burglarizing a home immediately preceding the chase and confrontation. At 2.08 in the video, you see a man in a white shirt and shorts walk into a home under construction on Satilla Drive. Moments later, a person can be seen in the top left frame observing what's going on. A 911 call from that day has audio of a man saying there's someone in a house that's under construction. At 2.13, the first man appears to run out the front door and down the street. <laughs> Six minutes later, a police car drives down the road. Multiple first responders arrive minutes later. Investigators have not said there is any evidence Arbery burglarized the home. Police reports following the shooting did not know anything stolen on Arbery. Greg McMichael told police the day of the shooting there had been several break-ins in the neighborhood and that a suspect was caught on surveillance video. Mm. Now, the point of emphasis there is as of now, we don't know that any crime or at least serious crime was committed. That could yeah. potentially be, say, misdemeanor trespass. But he didn't break anything and he didn't steal anything as far as we know right now. That said, um, I do think that that sort of thing is is suspicious. And if it was my neighborhood, I would be calling the cops too. For sure. I mean, th the only reason he would go in there is to burglarize it. The fact that he didn't was because he probably figured out he was being watched. That person came out. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I've heard, a, I've heard a lot of commentators I respect and I'm not taking shots at anybody. I think there's a lot of room for interpretation in this case, but I've heard a lot of commentators I respect saying things like, well, I go into construction sites all the time and I look at things. I'm, I find that to be a little weird. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I, I've definitely like, if you have like a big, 
a public, I don't know, a big commercial project that's going to be open to the public or something. Maybe you look at it. No, nope. but I've this. I this renovate house, houses, and if I saw some people on my construction site, I would immediately call the police. And this house looks near complete from the outside. Like, right. why would you go into a residential neighborhood and just check out people's construction and actually enter yeah. the premises? I, I find that to be suspicious. Again, that doesn't yeah. mean that it justifies going after him it doesn't it doesn't mean that it justifies the shooting well, what i am saying at worst what they witnessed was a misdemeanor trespassing they, they couldn't say that this, this was a burglary because they would have to have a wide latitude with the supposition that that he was going to burgle yeah. the house so as we get into um opinion on this case about uh who's right who's wrong what should happen what is this a murder is it self-defense whatever i i think there are a lot of problems for almost everybody involved uh, for the McMichaels, the guys who who shot, uh, the guys who who pursued and shot um, uh, Ahmad Arbery, the self defense case. There, there's two cases I've seen I've seen thrown around: self defense and lawful citizens' arrest. The self defense case, I think, is is pretty difficult to make. If you stop somebody at gunpoint out on the street, and I, I, to be fair, I don't know that they pointed their guns at him. If they did, that itself can be a crime. And that would make Arbery justified in defending himself. If a guy just points a gun at you on the street, in many jurisdictions legally, you can shoot him dead in self-defense. So they weren't, the point I'm making is they weren't simply just standing by and Arbery attacked him. Even if we do think that Arbery made the first aggressive moves, they weren't sitting in lawn chairs beside the street and he just went after him. They were in pursuit. They tried to stop him in the middle of the street. Now, as far as whether stopping him in the middle of the street is legally permissible, that would be a lawful citizen's arrest would be the case that uh, that they're that they the prosecutor said was the case and the case. Maybe they'll try to make in court. I don't know. But to make a lawful citizen's arrest, you have to witness the crime and the crime has to be in progress. Those are necessary elements as far as I understand. And in this case, neither of those elements are clear. So. It's not clear that Arbery committed a crime in process, but for a potential, let's say, misdemeanor or low-level trespass, maybe. It's, it's not clear that the McMichaels personally witnessed it. In fact, I don't think they witnessed it at all, as far as we understand. Maybe more facts will come out. But you, to make a lawful citizen's arrest, you can't have a guy see a crime and then call you and say, I saw a guy do this, right. go get him. You can't do It can't be secondhand. You have to see it yourself. You have to be a party to a, a, an ongoing crime right before your eyes, basically. Yeah. And, um, and know that it's a felony, which he would have because he was former law enforcement. So, so you don't have either of those elements. Um, and, and the question of, even if we say that what he was doing was a crime, this trespass potentially, is it ongoing at that point? He's off those premises. He's jogging down the street. Now, maybe cynically or maybe not even cynically maybe it's a reasonable suspicion Mm -hmm. that he's out doing additional scouting in the neighborhood for potentially illegal activity but does that constitute a certain ongoing crime i think that's a that's a difficult case to make if you want to go that route uh but doesn't this become irrelevant once he um tries to grab the gun what do you mean? Uh, whether or not they were legitimate in um, their pursuit, once he tried to grab the gun, it, this turns into a pretty much a standard self-defense case, I think. The question is, who's defending from whom? Who's the aggressor? Because if you have someone just try to stop you in the middle of the street armed, 
again, if the gun's pointed at you, that is a felony in most jurisdictions against you. Yeah. If they're trying to physically obstruct him, is Arbery defending himself or is Travis McMichael defending himself? Now, I would say that because they're in the street obstructing him from based on the facts that we understand now unlawfully, they are the aggressors. That would be my understanding at this point with these facts. But did they point the gun before he initiated some kind of a physical attack on them? Unclear. Yeah. Uh, I think from that the that's footage, unclear. Really, that's really the crux of the matter either, because if they're if they're armed and then they're trying to talk to him. Which I, I know that they were probably like, hey, like we're trying we're trying to talk to you. Like what mm -hmm. like what are you doing? And he, you know, if I saw some people coming up to me in a truck in the bed of a truck with a gun, I'd be like, I've got to get the hell out of the situation. Um, but if but the, but the question is, do you have to as a matter of morality or law? Are you are you uh, justified in defending yourself at that point? I don't know. I mean, I suppose it depends on who attacked who and if they were pointing the gun at him. And the other thing is a, a wrongful citizen's arrest is itself a crime, according to Georgia law. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can't stop somebody else without proper authority. According to Georgia law, you can't even question a suspect without proper authority. In fact, the intention to question a suspect can be used as evidence that the individual claiming a right to make a citizen's arrest is uncertain and did not have immediate knowledge of the alleged crime in progress. This according to David French's legal analysis. Mm. Um, if, if the stop in the street is itself unlawful, is that not an aggression? If that's not an aggression, is Ahmad Arbery not justified in defending himself at that point, whether it's a wise decision to or not? He might have been wiser to just say nope and run in the opposite direction. I don't know if that's a physical aggression. The obstruction? Yeah. I mean, armed? Would that, but it depends on if they're armed or if they're pointing the gun at him. They're trying to stop him and they're pursuing him. Yeah, it's not just standing in the street. Hold, it's, it's trying to get him to stop. Water in the in the court of law as as a self defense measure. We're we're gonna find out. I mean, this thing is gonna be. I, I'll be curious to see what defense path they take. We're not gonna find anything out because this is so fraught with with racialism. So it's, well, that's the problem too. We'll get to the because there are problems. I think there are problems for the McMichael's case. I think there are problems for Ahmad Arbery. Not that again. Not that I think this was justified. I don't. But I don't think that I don't think the way he's being portrayed in a lot of media narratives is is fair either. Uh, the other problem for the McMichaels is were there actual robberies or burglaries? The whole premise here is that, yes, they witnessed ongoing robberies, burglaries, crimes. Well, again, according to the local paper, there was only one burglary reported in the neighborhood in January or February. And the burglary that is the alleged justification for this event at, at this point, unless new facts emerge, that was not actually a burglary it was it was a trespass at worst so they 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 say well Ahmad Arbery looks like the guy who's been doing a string of burglaries where's the demonstration of the string of burglaries i'm not saying it's implausible given the behavior here but i need more detail on that and why weren't they reported yeah it does sound like he was probably staking things out the police report also, as we mentioned, doesn't totally jive with the video. So the interviews of the McMichaels with the police doesn't totally jive with it. This is a little ticky tack. So I don't want to be too critical on this. But the, again, the police report claims that Travis fired after Arbery started fighting him. In the video, the shot is clearly heard before Travis and Arbery even make contact. That much is clear. Um, in fairness, it does look like Arbery makes a cut toward Travis before the shot. But... 
this in combination with their report of two shots rather than three seems like there's some inconsistencies or inaccuracies in what they told to police versus what is observable on video. Okay. So that, that's the McMichaels. The problems for Arbery. Uh, what do you, I mean, obviously what are you doing? Just entering someone else's home. It, it, it is suspicious. Granted, I don't think it justifies the killing, but this is not this whole narrative. He was just out jogging, not doing anything. He was not just out jogging. There's something going on here. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what to tell you if you don't consider that entry suspicious. Would you say that the guy who called 911 to report it is wrong? Is he out of his mind? Is he a crazy person? Oh, absolutely person? not. No. As I stated, I would definitely do that if I saw that on my property. And the problems for the media. So given what we can observe in, in what he's doing, entering other people's homes under construction, clearly not just a jogger. I don't, I think that narrative is completely absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's totally substantiated that Arbery was behaving suspiciously again, does not justify the killing, but the point is his own behavior provides an immediate and more plausible reason for why this event happened. Not that he deserved it, not that he should have died, but why the event that we watched happened. And it's, way more plausible and immediate than just his race. The idea that's the other piece of the media narrative that's going around. Oh, racist white guys hunt down black guy. Well, to smear the McMichaels as racist, I think is unfair. Would you smear that 911 caller as racist or did he actually observe what he believed to be could potentially be a crime? No. And I, uh, I very seriously doubt that they had the intent of killing this guy. This just seems to have escalated. I don't think you would record it if you had the intention of killing him. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, we're going to hunt down a black guy and tape it. That seems pretty unwise. I'd be shocked if that was their thinking. Right. We don't know much about this William Bryan, the guy who did the recording, but he's part of their party. There's some organization. And at worst, them. this is going to be a manslaughter case, right? I'm very curious. They to couldn't see, do first degree murder. To see how this, uh, to see how this plays out. The charge. What is the charge? Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I've got it. Uh, so they're charged with murder, but murder and aggravated assault. But what kind of, what murder? Kind of murder? Let me yeah. see what we got in the article here. Whoops. I pressed the wrong buttons. Um, murder. Charged with assault and murder. Brutal murder. Is it second murder. degree? Probably. It doesn't even say in this article, actually. Well, it can't be first degree murder. I can't imagine that they could establish intent with this. Uh, that seems like it'd be tough to me, but, um, in any case, I, I, I also, I, I suspect there may be more information coming out about this too. I, I read a piece from Michelle Malkin, which I think is pretty good. I'll link it in the description where she was talking about why she doesn't buy the jogger narrative. And I think the jogger narrative is bunk, but keep in mind who's been promoting this all over Twitter. It is the same. It is the Sean Kings and the, the same. Tape- Swifts. <laughs> the same civil rights attorneys who have who have promoted racial hoaxes before doesn't mean that this is all bunk and it's it's all a lie. It just means that the racial element of this, I think, has been highly sensationalized and and drawn out of proportion. The and jogging I'm, thing is particularly ridiculous to me because he's not in clothes for jogging. He's not in jogging shoes, and he's like, wasn't he twelve miles from his home? I've, I was curious. I was looking at that because I had heard 10 and then I looked it up and now the reports I see say he was about two miles away from his home. Oh, so really? we might need some confirmation on that. 10 miles away from your home. I that's don't know. Too that's too long. Inherent. Yes. Well, that's the thing is what is the line at which it's, it's weird. 
That said, 10 miles is pretty far. Two miles is more believable, but it's not, it's not, to me, it's not the distance away from his home. It's the fact that he's entering other people's homes for what reason? Uh, I, I, people who don't consider that suspicious, explain to me the last time you did that. You walked up someone's right. driveway in through their garage and you just checked out the place. When? When did you do that last? Well, when I moved into my house that I live in now, uh, a woman walked, she opened our front gate, walked into the back of our house, and then we, like my husband walked outside and he was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm looking for a geo, what are those? Oh, a geocache. Yeah, she's like, there's a that, geocache in your backyard. Is he, a, is he a, just a jogger geocacher? Is that what this is? It was is? like some fat white chick, and my husband was like, you get off my property right, right now. She opened the, the back gate to get into the backyard. Well, she's asking for trouble by doing that. You don't geocache. In some, you don't cross someone's fence to geocache. Right, so maybe we shouldn't underestimate the stupidity of people, although I'm almost positive that he was staking the place out to rob it, to look for tools or anything like that, and probably abandoned ship. Um, when he realized he was being watched or was going to report it to a buddy that was going to do the robbery the mm. burglary. It's speculation, you know, but I, but it is suspicious to me and I, I can't tell. I, I've never done what he's doing on tape there to people who say that they have. All right, fine. I, I, I'd like you to explain to me what those experiences are like though. Cause I find that very odd, very odd. I find yeah. that pretty weird. Um, but you. yes, uh, we're gonna have to wait to see how this is prosecuted. See what, um, see what the defense is specifically and we'll see how this plays out this is a complex case and you know, i did want to read this milo gab which was hilarious i didn't oh, say sure. milo yiannopoulos people that think they've seen black people jogging hiking hiking camping and swimming in the ocean but it, it wasn't real life it was an airpods ad this doesn't happen <laughs> that's there's no such thing as a black jogger you say it's never happened in the history of the world. All right, um, I we could go on and on about this, but that's that's as much as the fact, as much of the facts as we know. And frankly, the outrage on Twitter and on the internet before the facts have already changed with with the information that's come out since the outrage broke out earlier in the week. We've got we some of the footage this of the footage, construction right. site. Like this weekend has provided even much more information. So you know, I'm not trying to uh, chafe my butt riding the fence as I'm often accused of doing. I'm trying to be as true to the facts as possible. And reserve the right to uh, I mean, adjust yeah. my opinion as more information comes in. We are getting ripped in the chat, but the chat's totally split on this. Um, ripped for what? What's been unfair? I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe I've cucked on this, but but also like I can't imagine a situation where I'm patrolling my neighborhood in that way. I think they'd be totally justified in calling the police. I, I don't... Calling uh, the police, but I wouldn't be like... No. Get in the back of my truck. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go get this fella. But, like, but maybe they have more information to be as yeah. fair as possible. Maybe they have more information that says, no, listen, we witnessed him committing a felony burglary. Okay, well, that, that would, drastically that changes would drastically it for change me. Things. And I, it, it's possible there's evidence to support that claim. Mm. We just don't know yet. But, yeah. but to tell you what would change it for me to, to come around to the McMichael side, if you can show me you witnessed a felony crime and, and this happened mere mere minutes or in the process of the commitment of that crime, I get it. At this point, I yeah. don't yet. But, you know, I, I, I leave the door open to, um, to new information, adjusting my perspective on it. Because the narrative that, oh, it's just, it's just racist white guys getting in, a trunk, getting in a truck and hunting a black guy. Well, we've already seen serious dents done to that narrative. And it's given the speed that we've seen those dents uh, put into the narrative, I, I suspect we might get some more information that will do it further damage.
Did you see LeBron's take on this? Yeah, it was, it's crap. It, they're not being hunted in the street. Yeah, I'm sure his life is so super difficult. Yeah. What an asshole. Well, and it, oh, it happens all the time. Well, then why is this major news? Like, if it happens all the time, wouldn't nobody, like, why would nobody anybody care. care about this? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, we'll keep it moving along. We'll, uh, we'll get into um, coronavirus, of course. Should we take uh, a wee? Yeah, you want to grab a few uh, super chats? Sure. I'm going to open up the treasure chest over on DLive, too. I still don't know what that means. It's uh, it's a random distribution of their, their cool cryptocurrency over there. Oh, this listeners. is disgusting. So stand tight for that. Oh, no. Is it 2A again? I think I saw yes. that earlier. Should I read this? I didn't read his full chat, but I know his his record from before. It's it's terrible. I defer to your discretion. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, okay. When... Went jogging to Matt's for Nookie. Went to the wrong place, so he tracked me down in his truck when I saw him. I grabbed his weapon, and he shot his load in my hand, and then all over me, mmm, semen. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Oh, Thank you, 2A. Gay. Oh, my mom's probably not watching. She's <laughs> mad about my, my lack of coverage with this build 6666. Um, Nicholas H., Matt, Blanc gets most of the attention, but no, deep down in your heart, you're beautiful too. That is somehow gayer than two ways. <laughs> Thank oh. you for the kind words. I'm a, a little flush from reading that. Ooh. Mm. Quantum football. Uh, can we get a Chatelet for General Flynn? We'll talk about it. Yeah. Wow. His life is turned around quickly. <clears throat> Unpopular opinion. I'm adding my support to the idea of Sydney Watson as a co-host during Blanc's absence. She's a hybrid Aussie American turnkey solution for y'all. I'm telling you guys, Sydney is one hell of a base Sheila. I am I famous last words, but I'm really gonna try not to not to miss a beat on the show. Really? That's your goal. You wanna I would like to I mean it depends on if I go into labor like on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, I'll be out for at least a week. Yeah. But my parents will be here, so I might have some help. It might be an abbreviation. Well, the, show. the seat is yours. I defer to your you know, whatever you want to do in that situation, but the might be a disaster is, is yours. And if I can breastfeed on air, then I definitely will be able to do it. That's not happening. <laughs> why, why can't I just keep the camera up? That's an off-air discussion. Why? That's that so is crazy. not. That is not going to work. I it's don't say this ever, but that it's is not, sexist. Sexist discrimination in the workplace. It is discrimination in yeah. the. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to okay. sue your ass. All right. Um, JB dude. Uh, things slowly returning to normal around here. We're being smart and following precautions, but happy to see businesses starting to open up. Hope you're all doing well. Yeah, I was downtown today, and it was like 5% of people wearing masks, and half the businesses were open. Yeah, restaurants were crowded around here at 50% capacity is the asterisk, but we had a hard time finding a seat uh, at a restaurant for dinner on Friday. We went shopping on Saturday. Lots of people out and about, very few masks. Nobody really cares. Uh, it, it was uh, It was nice to see optimism optimism this weekend and hopefully getting better from here on out uh jan vandermerwe uh thanks for doing the show i've been watching since 2017 did you guys see obamagate was trending on twitter what i imagine related to the related flynn to the stuff flynn or is thing, it something right? else I as someone who has not had the passionate fiery hatred for obama that many others have uh this the stuff that's coming out in this flynn stuff is is making me a little more critical not that i'm you know remained a big fan of the guy but his conduct in this Flynn stuff and what he had to say about the rule of law and res- like this yeah. is this is bad. This is outrageous. Bad uh, I, I, maybe we should do the rest of these later. All right. Um, let's see. Let's catch up with just a couple Streamlabs. Uh, 
Cameron has uh, has a Streamlabs uh, chat that I don't think Susan will like, but whatever. Despite making 13% of the population, joggers make up 52% of the exercise-related crimes. I can't <laughs> That's probably accurate. The media tells you that cycle supremacists are the most violent group. They wouldn't have these aerobic-based crimes if the desert hikers didn't push for exercise. Right. Could be true. Thank you for the, for the statistics, Cameron. And uh, over on DLive, uh, Base Dollar says, uh, yo, that was one of the best intros yet. Get, got my Jimmy's rustling. Well, thank you. The intros are always fun to put together. Base Dollar also says, this AMWAD uh, shooting Oh, uh, Amwad, yeah. He's, he calls him Amwad. This shooting is understandable. I was jogging the other day and almost got shot, shot too. That's America, man. Yeah. Dodging stray bullets. Uh, Crypto Crook says, Blonde, you look beautiful today. Matt, you're just fine too. Have a have a Corona shekels. Well, I'm glad oh, you, you were able to get your Corona box. And thanks for supporting the show, guys. Um, let's see. Do we have any... We have we do have a few more over on Streamlabs. Just a couple more, and then I'll I'll come back. Attack Alpaca says, uh, "Did you guys watch or do you guys watch Ozark?" That's been my quarantine show. If you haven't and you're looking for something to fill your uh, to fill your lockup time, I'd recommend it. Season three jumps the shark hard, and there are way too many female leads, which always fucks up a show. Would you recommend the early seasons? Yeah, season one and two are excellent, although there's like a weird element of propaganda there that I can't quite figure out, like these gay FBI agents and one of them is black, but they're also terrible. So Mm. they're not like the saviors of the show, but there's something weird going on with the propaganda. I I haven't watched it, but uh, but yeah, maybe we'll check something out. Mm. Check it out. We've been watching season two of Making a Murderer, finally. Ah. And um, what's her face? Uh, who def- who's trying Kathleen to get Kathleen? Kathleen Wexler uh, is that her name? Zellner isn't Zellner. it? Zellner. Who's Kathleen Wexler? The corpse of Michael Jackson trying to get Stevie Steve Steve Avery out of jail. It's pretty good though. Uh, uh, Phil says, uh, "Yeah, she's done good work before." I don't know the rest of her career outside of this. She got Ryan Ferguson off, um, who uh, was a it was a murder in Columbia, Missouri that he clearly did not commit. He was in jail mm. for ten years. She's really good, but I also think Stephen Avery probably was guilty. I I don't, and I certainly don't think Brendan Brandon Dassey Avery, was. Yeah, he will. He Brendan Dassey, Dassey. Yeah, I, I don't buy that at all. But Stephen Avery, maybe. Um, Phil says, uh, "Happy Mother's Day to Blonde Matt. You're okay too." <laughs> Well, thank you, uh, Phil. Kim says, happy Mother's Day, Blonde. You're going to be a great mother. Your love and concern for Emmeline is evidence of that. Blessings for you and your family. My mom just said, oh, yes, I am watching. <laughs> oh, sorry, Hi, Blonde's mom. mom. Happy Mother's <laughs> happy Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Redicus says, the Ahmad case is complicated by the appearance of impropriety. Trespassing is a misdemeanor. What the father and son knew is unclear. And if they fought over the gun... Uh, and if a fight over the gun started, do you have a right to end the threat? Also, did they suspect a gun? Yeah, that's another question. They knew yeah. we know Ahmad Armory Arbery was unarmed after the fact. Did they know it at the time? A lot of that stuff happened so fast. There are a lot of unanswered questions in this case, and, and I think it's important to remain open to those questions being answered before uh, leveraging harsh judgment on either side of this one. Redicus says, this also brings up the do you shoot Hitler argument? They say he matched a description. So do you detain someone that matches a description? Also does objective reasonableness apply? Does the fact that the gun was stolen even factor in? And well, the point is, is a description relevant to them for a citizen's Wait, the arrest? Gun was stolen? They're saying the prior burglary report or robbery report was about a gun stolen from a truck. 
in front of Travis McMichael's oh, house. Oh, I thought that he was saying their guns were stolen. I was like, what? No, I don't think so. No, no. Okay. Um, and, but yeah, and the point is, does a description justify a citizen's arrest? It, description is irrelevant. You have to see it. You have to witness it personally. It's not a someone told me a description right. type thing. Uh, I did see in the live chat that people were saying that Georgia law dictates that if you have knowledge of a felony, but that was not my interpretation of, I think, I, you I have think the to... statute does say that, but, but I'm, there's, I'm relying on, on legal analysis of that. So, so you have to, you I'm, have to witness uh, what that is, you, what you know is a felony. That is my understanding, arrest. but mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer in Georgia, so I invite clarification of that. If, uh, if people think that that standard is incorrect. Mm. Uh, Irish Nat says, uh, we live in a developing neighborhood in suburbia with new home construction everywhere. Mine and other wives go in and out of new builds all the time to see house layouts compared to ours. Seeing a house, uh, house's guts is really interesting too. Not strange to us. Maybe it is like a cultural thing. I don't know. I mean, that I say is it's so weird. I say it's really weird to me, but, uh, the amount of people saying this, I have to be open to the idea that maybe this is more normal in other places. Or to me, uh, it's beyond bizarre. That's someone else's property. I would never do that. Wouldn't you freak but, out if you owned a second home that you were renovating and you saw some people like traipsing around the property? Yeah, I'd be like, "What the hell are you doing here?" What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I consider I don't consider it any morally different than my completed home. It's still right. someone else's property. I have no right to be there. Right. The only difference is that you're pretty sure that nobody's there at that moment but how is that much different than like knowing that somebody's out to dinner yeah the only if you have like an an open house or some other public invitation to view the property sure other than that i'm not going into other people's property anyway so weird we got a lot of people in the live chat are saying i do it what is I wrong guess, with you guys that's so bizarre i'm not even saying <sighs> I'm open to the idea that I have a weird perspective on this. Cause like I said, people with minds I respect are saying I do this all the time. And that's, that's just kind of news to me. It's like, I feel like a weirdo. Cause I, not only do I not do it, I don't see the moral distinction. Like why would it be, what's the moral distinction between walking into someone's construction property versus just walking into a vacant house? For example, I'm getting a lot of people. Uh, it's okay in Ohio. I'm in Montana and I do it. This is mm. not weird at all. This is totally normal. Uh, wow. Huh. All right. I mean, maybe that'll change things. I'm going to have to get more information before I make some <laughs> I hope you guys uh, protect yourselves when you do it in light Stephen of this Molyneux situation. Did make a video about this today where he was very pro. Um, what is their last name again? I the McMichaels. Yeah. Uh, so check that out if you're looking for that perspective. Um, he goes into a really deep dive of all of the information. Mm. Well, we're going to talk a little bit of coronavirus before we get into the uh, the, the business uh, the business raids, which is what I really want to talk about. But I, I, this news this week uh, about Neil Ferguson. Uh, now, of all the the massive lockdown hypocrites, we've had governors and mayors going out to get haircuts and flying their wives to their horse ranches in Florida and just <laughs> otherwise not obeying the rules they themselves put in place. Recall Neil Ferguson is the Imperial College professor and researcher and the government scientist. Um, who advised Boris Johnson to lock down Britain. He's also the guy who made the models that said like hundreds of thousands are going to die in the UK and millions in the U S without proper mitigation efforts. Well, he resigned from his government advisory position Tuesday after the telegraph revealed he broke social distancing rules to meet his married lover on at least two occasions. His he's mistress married too, right? I, I 
don't know, actually. I, I only know Let's she's see. married. I think they're both married, but I might be wrong. But on at least two occasions, his mistress, Antonia Stats, traveled across London from her home to his. Ferguson had been in a two-week self-isolation period following a positive test result for coronavirus. The first visit was on March 30th, while Ferguson was warning that Britain would have to be locked down until June. The second visit was on April 8th, when Stats, a left-wing campaigner, according to The Telegraph, told friends that she suspected her husband had symptoms of coronavirus. She and her husband have two children together, but uh, they are understood to be in an open marriage. So there's not actually a deception or a cheating element here. I don't think he's married. Okay. But I might be wrong. This is just a preliminary. She says that her relationship with Ferguson is not hypocritical because she considers their two homes to be one. So traveling across London to go visit him not hypocritical, but you presumably, if you're dating somebody, you can't travel across London to do that. Ferguson says he made an error in judgment. Quote, I accept I made an error of judgment and took the wrong course of action. I have therefore stepped back from my involvement in SAGE, the government scientific advisory group for emergencies. I deeply regret any undermining of the clear messages around the continued need for social distancing to control this devastating epidemic. The government guidance is unequivocal and is there to protect us all. I acted on the belief that I was immune, having tested positive for coronavirus, and I completely isolated myself for almost two weeks after developing symptoms. Now, I had heard just from people I was talking to that they gave each other the coronavirus, or or he got it from her, or he gave it to her, but I've not been able to find confirmation of that. I don't know. I don't know about that. It's possible, I suppose. Hmm. I mean, this this chick? You see a picture of her husband? Yeah, well, I've, I saw it elsewhere. I don't think it's in this story, but I did see it elsewhere. Uh, he looks, looks like the like kind of guy who would, pussy, yeah. he looks like the kind of guy who would agree to an open marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, weak chin. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you didn't have enough reason for uh, for tinfoil on the coronavirus story generally, oh wait, 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 Professor wow. Ferguson is estranged from his wife. Oh, so he is married, but as you know, they're not they're not together as a practical matter. Yes. Hmm. If you, didn't, if you needed more reason for tinfoil, a University of Pittsburgh professor reportedly on the verge of making significant coronavirus findings was shot and killed in an apparent murder-suicide last weekend. The professor was shot multiple times in his townhouse. The man who killed him was a software engineer. Police say the killing was likely prompted by a lengthy dispute regarding an intimate partner, so a love triangle, in other words. But reports... Um, do not identify who that partner is. And it's somewhat odd since the professor was married and lived with his wife. Police say there is no evidence indicating the professor's death had anything to do with his research on the virus. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. case closed. It's all over love triangle. Meanwhile, uh, New York of course keeps piling on the bodies and infections are happening uh, at home as well. Now. So as far as the virus is impact we'll get into that a little bit recall of course new york had piled on 3700 presumed coronavirus deaths previously people who never in fact tested positive for the disease but they said we're going to presume their coronavirus deaths we'll never add tested them to the official right never tested at all as far as we understand they're doing that with 1700 previously undisclosed deaths at nursing homes this week and according to the information released by andrew cuomo's administration for the first time, the tally, uh, the nursing home tally includes people believed to have been killed by the coronavirus before their diagnosis could be confirmed by a lab test. 
So we're piling on the presumed nursing home deaths. Yeah, but as far as presumed cases are concerned, these are probably the most legitimate. Well, quite possibly because, of course, Andrew Cuomo ordered nursing homes to accept corona positive people. The state's March 25th policy says, quote, no resident shall be denied readmission or admission to a nursing home solely based on a confirmed or even suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. So granted, if you if you want the worst possible place to, to spread coronavirus, the nursing home is, right. is really that spot. And what was the basis that, of that? It was, was he saying or implying that it was discriminatory? Is that why? The the phrasing sounds that way. No resident shall be denied readmission. It it has. But they had all of those um, empty beds in various hospital facilities that they had erected solely for the purpose of housing COVID patients. So why on earth would they send them back to nursing homes? I don't know. I presumably it's the discrimination angle, I guess. But I don't That's know the so thinking dumb. behind that. Meanwhile. Um, Headline CNBC, Cuomo says it is shocking that most new coronavirus hospitalizations are people who had been staying home. Uh, 66% of new coronavirus hospital admissions are people who have been at home, social distancing, sheltering in, in place, calling into question the effectiveness of these stay-at-home orders. Cuomo said nearly 84% of the hospitalized cases were people who were not commuting to work through car services, personal cars, public transit, or walking. The majority of these people are either retired or unemployed, and they've been staying home. No matter how you measure it, whether you buy the nursing home statistics or not, whether you buy the presumed deaths or not, New York's cases are tailing off. So you look at new cases daily. Those have been tailing off since uh, since mid mid April or even early April. Uh, you look at deaths, which is in here somewhere, but those have been tailing off similarly. Uh, new deaths in New York State, except for yeah. the big bumps in presumed cases. But but other than that, uh, those are tailing off too. So the new narrative media are going with is that outside of New York, the infection rate is rising. Take New York out of it. The infection rate is increasing. Everywhere's increasing. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Well, that is true. But well, for, uh, first of all, even looking at their own analysis from the AP here, the red line represents the new cases over time outside of the New York metro. That's a pretty modest increase. It's mostly flat. Yeah. That is not the spike we've all been warned of. And the other problem with this analysis is the measurement is simply per capita cases. Well, not everybody's being tested. So if lots more people are being tested, you expect to see. If if there's more per capita tests, you'd expect to see more per capita cases. Yeah. Would you not? And... If you look at the rates of testing, or at least even the raw counts of testing, we've never been testing more than we have right now. Mm -hmm. We are testing over a quarter million people a day in this country, and that remains below the target. But this compares to you know a fraction of that, like a quarter of that back in, or maybe even a, like a third of that back at the start of April. So as you test more, of course you get more cases across the country. What you're looking for is actually deaths per capita and deaths per capita continue to decline at a slow pace, a slow pace across the country. So, you know, don't buy the fear narratives. Not that our audience uh, is, is inclined to do that anyway. No, people are over it. Uh, I'm really appreciating uh, people's intolerance for they, they're just, they just becoming bored with, with all of this uh, media coverage. So irrespective of the death toll, people are just like, I'm just going to start living my life now because they you become to desensitized to the media narrative, which have is to. good. Yeah. Uh, Project Veritas had another uh, big bust this week or broke another big story. So 
this was uh, according to an insider who went to James O'Keefe anonymously from Cherry Health, the uh, health system in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, claiming that a CBS This Morning news piece had put its own had put hospital staffers in the line for coronavirus tests to pad the line to make it look more crowded than it was. Um, that claim in, in James O'Keefe project Veritas's video was corroborated by undercover recordings with cherry health employees who said, yeah, I, that definitely happened. We watched it happen. <laughs> yeah. Now CBS is denying any knowledge of the effort. They issued a How? statement. How could they possibly deny this? <sighs> well, CBS is saying we had no part in doing it. Then who they, would be responsible? They're saying that the hospital is <gasps> responsible or the health system so CBS is saying we take saying we CBS says we didn't have any knowledge of this. We take accuracy very seriously and we're removing that cherry health portion from all of our online posts and all that. Uh, and and so and so uh, the, the hospital is is being blamed for this by CBS, at least. And the hospital is taking accountability for this. Cherry Health issued uh, a statement saying, yeah, we, we did that. And I know James O'Keefe always gets ripped for for be selectively editing and uh, unethical journalism practices and all that. You don't even have to take James O'Keefe's word for it at this point. Now, they broke the story. But here's the hospital statement through local media. You don't even have to take Project Veritas's word for it if you don't want. Cherry Health now admitting that staffers were in the line of cars presented to the CBS network in that story on national TV. Cherry Health CEO Tasha Blackman just emailing a statement that says staffers were in the line to provide a visual backdrop showing how busy the test site can get. The statement says that part of the intent behind the staging was per to protect patient privacy. The statement calls the incident a good faith mistake. It expresses frustration with how the ordeal has been portrayed. CBS News says they were not aware that that line had been staged. It was uh, it was a good faith faking. Very different from those maliciously motivated staged events. Oh man, I bet we were trying to protect. So pissed. So we're supposed to believe that they had a long line, and they said, "No, no, we can't show this long line because there's uh, real people in that line. We don't want patient privacy implicated. So get rid of them." And bring in hospital employees to fill it just like it was before. So it's not deceptive. It's just different people. And there are reports of at least one person having to wait because of this staging. Yeah. So even if I grant like, oh, you protected patient privacy. It was good faith. You also made someone who was sincerely looking for a coronavirus test wait for this bullshit. Now, what was the hospital's motivation outside of patient privacy? I don't know. Maybe if they hype their own numbers, there's certain rewards for them. I, I don't know. I don't know what the cynical view of their motive would be other than hyping the, the numbers generally. But the whole as thing far as I know, they're only getting financial incentive for positive COVID patients, right? And for yeah, people um, put on well, ventilators. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what they would get out of a news yeah. report, but presumably there's some motive. Anyway, um, recall, of course, CBS also presented the Italy footage as New York twice, and they promoted that hysterical ICU nurse who wasn't really an ICU nurse. I mean, she, she right, did, yeah. it was her first day on the job. So it's not that she wasn't, it's just to say that she was an experienced ICU nurse who had been through the ringer with coronavirus. No, she was just a crazy lady. Wasn't it after she had taken a mental health leave? Something like that. She's a, she's an Instagram model, basically. Ooh, gross. 
As, now, as far as the economic reports, uh, remember our, our common sense, obvious answer, safety first economic suicide continues. It's another 3.2 million Americans filing for unemployment last week. In any other week, that would be historic and catastrophic just in itself. But in this context, it's actually a comparative relief because that's the lowest number since mid-March. After this massive spike started, this number makes 33 million Americans out of work over the last seven weeks, 21% of the labor force, and an estimated 15% unemployment rate. That is the highest number since the Great Depression. The only silver lining here is that nearly 80% of those jobless say in in a government survey they expect to get their jobs back. So they're saying they're laid off or furloughed as opposed to fired or permanently released. But keep in mind, that is a survey of workers. That is not a survey of bosses or employers. And the reality is it's not worker feelings or worker guesses that are going to bring those jobs back. It's demand for those goods and services. So the question is, is consumer demand for the goods and services that created these jobs in the first place, is that going to return quickly enough to restore 80% of these jobs, say? I don't. I don't have optimism to believe that that's going to happen on any immediate basis, but I certainly would love to be proved wrong on that one. So that means that unemployment, because there are 157 million Americans in the workforce. So last week, unemployment increased by 2%. Uh, It could be, could be something like that. Yeah. A 2.4%. So that's another 20 to 80,000 potential deaths. Oh, as far as the the forecast or the the formula that we had talked about earlier, yeah, yeah, first from a single week, it's it's common sense. It's safety first. That's what we're doing. Which the could trump plan is, a single week of economic distress could trump the entire inflated number of COVID deaths. I saw some reporting out of Canada trying to quantify the people who have in fact died because they've delayed heart procedures or other um, yeah. other medical treatment or procedures that ended up being fatal for them because they put off treatment for too long. These kind of things, I mean, yeah, you can try to quantify them, but it's really impossible to do with any sort of reliable accuracy. The government's banking on that though. Yeah. It's the obvious solution. And if you oppose it or even question it, you support killing grandma. Of course, that the only thing you can count on for sure is that uh, all this uncertainty and government checks going out, that adds up to people buying guns. And it's another month, uh, record month of gun sales. April, <laughs> in April, 2.9 million background checks were conducted on new sales. That is the highest April ever. It is a slight dip from March's 3.7 million new purchases or background checks at least. Wow, that is so many guns. That was the highest number ever <laughs> recorded. 2020 remains on pace to be the biggest uh, the biggest year ever for gun sales by a wide, wide margin if the trends continue. I think we're on pace for something like 35, 36 million. Well, I can see here. So through the first third of the year, we've had over 12 million gun sales. Extrapolate that out. You'd have about 36 million guns. Uh, the previous highest year was... 2019 at 28 million guns that'd be a massive increase over the prior record wow that's crazy oh before i forget i did want to ask the audience does anybody know because i told my parents i would ask them does anybody know if there is a drivable protest for the lockdown within some you know reasonable distance from palm springs in the upcoming weeks I know that it's being censored on social media. Do you know how people are organizing these? Like where they're not on the Facebook anymore, probably. But that's where yeah. the initial ones were organized. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
So if you know of anything, um, please email me blonde of the belly of the beast at gmail.com. Well, of course, all of the uh, we've banned large swaths of work and, and getting a check from the government is um, is often much more easily said than done. And it's often a massive pay cut anyway, if you're just relying on Corona box. So we're seeing plenty of cases of these defiant business owners and operators keeping their businesses open despite government orders. Texas was home to the highest profile cases this week, most famously uh, Shelly Luther, who owns a Dallas salon. So Shelly Luther opened her salon uh, from lockdown on Thursday, April 30th. This, of course, in defiance of the state's stay-at-home order and uh, the directed closure of non-essential businesses. Now, after her opening, authorities sent her a cease and desist letter and a restraining order, but she ignored those and she continued to operate. She was brought to court on Tuesday where a Dallas code inspector and a Dallas police officer testified they saw clients inside her salon getting haircuts and manicures despite a court order to shut down. Narcs. So Dallas civil district judge, Eric Moyer gave Shelly the option of apologizing and admitting that she's selfish and uh, she can pay a fine if she does that instead of face jail time. But Shelly opted for jail time on principle. And uh, this was the exchange between the two that went viral. That you now see the error of your ways and understand that the society cannot function where one's own belief in a concept of liberty permits you to flaunt your disdain for the rulings of duly elected officials, that you owe an apology to the elected officials whom you disrespect, disrespected. Judge, I would like to say that I have much respect for this court and laws, but I have to disagree with you, sir, when, I, when you say that I'm selfish, feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salon. Good for her. Now, as I understand, she I think she did, in fact, spend a day or two in jail. I'm a little bit unclear on the timeline here, but... She did, uh, I think maybe two days, but then she yeah. was promptly released... So first, uh, the case went viral, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, and that prompted Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick on Wednesday. Remember, he famously wants all grandmas to die for Wall Street, as he said on Tucker's show. He uh, he called the seven day jail sentence on the seven thousand dollar fine outrageous, and he offered to cover the fine personally and volunteered to be placed under uh, house arrest so she could go back to work and feed her kids. I don't know what actually happened with that offer. I don't even know if he paid it, but ultimately the jail sentence offer on, uh, is, is irrelevant at this point, at least for the time being, you know, because... she had 18 employees. Was it that many? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, the Texas Supreme court intervened. So Texas Supreme court ordered the release of Shelley Luther while her case is appealed. The, uh, the Texas attorney general called the judge's behavior, a misguided abuse of power. Texas governor, Greg Abbott added, Quote, surely there are less restrictive means to achieving the goals of the stay-at-home order rather than jailing a Texas mother. Now, um, as a practical matter, none of this really matters because Texas is loosening its restrictions. It doesn't matter now, I guess is what I'm saying. Salons are opening back up. The irony is she was ordered to go to jail on Tuesday, and I think they opened back up on Friday because it's wildly irresponsible to open up a week before. Whatever. But obviously, huge props to Shelley Luther for for standing on principle. I mean, it's showing that sort of civil disobedience. Um, she showed that that sort of civil disobedience can be hugely effective. 
uh, in swaying public opinion and being willing to take jail time on principle is a bold move. She could have just, she could have just bitched out and said, I'm so sorry, judge. You're, you're so awesome. You're a public official and I respect that. And she could have just walked away with her fine, but she didn't. And she, she made a massive sway in public opinion uh, because of it. And her, and her stance also had meaningful effects on other people in the exact same position. So the, in Laredo, there were two other women in a similar spot. Oh, wait, These before women, we go on, you know, she, she made $500,000 on her. Oh, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. $500,000 raised for her, her legal defense. Mm-hmm. And I went to check it out and they turned off. It raised so much money. They turned it off. They're like, all right, that's enough. I don't need any more legal defense. I can't take any more. Well, I'm sure she's, you know, good for her. This is how Americans yeah. feel about people standing on principle right now. Absolutely. Uh, huge admiration, huge respect. And uh, as I mentioned, it's having meaningful effects for people in the same spot. So Anna Isabel Castro Garcia and Brenda Stephanie Mata are uh, salon workers in Laredo, Texas. They were arrested in separate sting operations on April 15th for allegedly, not confirmed, but allegedly offering hair and cosmetic services in their homes now, the women, because of the sting operations, faced up to 180 days in jail and significant fines. But as a result of Shelley Luther's case, Governor Greg Abbott says, or he's changed his executive order to read, uh, or he's changed his executive order, quote, to eliminate confinement in jail as an available penalty for violating the stay-at-home order. So they're not out of the woods, but at least they're not going to jail for the crime of cutting someone's hair in their home for like 10 bucks. What a waste of government resources. I I can't believe we're doing sting operations on home haircuts. But yes, that is the state of our country, or at least it was as of mid-April. There was also this case in Odessa, which was comparatively less publicized, but I think is pretty outrageous. Authorities um, in Odessa, this seemed to me like they're trying to start a mini Waco or something like that. They send this armored SWAT vehicle to go bust up this bar. This SWAT team raided Big Daddy Zane's. It's a, it's a small bar in the Odessa area on Monday. Owner Gabrielle Ellison, the bar owner, she opened her bar in defiance of Texas's stay-at-home order, and uh, armed men stood and protested outside of the bar. Key distinction here. These armed men were not in the bar. They were standing outside of the bar in protest of the stay-at-home order. Ellison said she confirmed with the sheriff's sheriff's office prior to the protest that the armed protest is fine as long as the armed men are not seen, quote, on the property. I guess that's the debate here, on the property. Anyway, according to everything I've seen, uh, the guns never entered the bar, but the sheriff's response was to send a SWAT team to, uh, to arrest them all. Here are some scenes from Odessa. Should have never closed. I should have never closed. Both the protesters and the Ector County Sheriff's Office are holding their ground. Keep your hands up. You with the hand, green shirt, put your hands up. I can't see them. A group of men with AR rifles were, quote, peacefully protesting at Big Daddy Zane's, showing their support for owner Gabrielle Ellison in reopening her business. They were practicing their Second Amendment right to protect my First Amendment. The Ector County Sheriff's SWAT team arresting eight people, including Ellison, for violating the governor's orders. We're not here to violate anybody's rights. 
We're just here to enforce the, the order set forth by the governor and, and uh, enforce the law. A bystander was also arrested for interfering with public duties and the rest for carrying weapons in a prohibited place. This is what they use when they attack innocent civilians. I'm sorry that this sheriff wants to go paint us in this light as some group that wants to, you know, stop law enforcement from enforcing the law, but the fact is there is no law that they're enforcing. They are simply violating the Constitution. None of us had our Miranda rights read to us, and they never said you have a right to an attorney. Some say it was an excessive show of force by the deputies. With that SWAT tank and law enforcement coming in with their guns pulled, um, pointed at these guys, and then now they're trying to charge them all with, I believe, a third-degree felony. If you don't call really? that a tyrannical government, I don't know what is. What are they charging them with? I had to look this up because they mentioned in there they were charging. So the, the bar owner was taken away on for violating the, the, the business regulations, the stay-at-home order stuff. As far as these guys standing outside of the bar with rifles, open carrying them, the, the story referenced that they were charged with carrying a weapon in a prohibited place or something, something to that effect. So I had to uh, carrying weapons in a prohibited place is the charge. So I had to look up Texas law on this. You can open carry tech open carry is legal in Texas, but you can't carry concealed or open in certain prohibited places. One of which is bars. Uh, the law reads you, you can't carry quote on the premises of a business that receives 51% or more of its revenue from alcohol sales, AKA a bar, but they weren't in the bar. They carried outside of the bar. Now, I, I, I don't know. I'm not asking rhetorically. I honestly don't know the question or the answer to the question here. Is there precedent to say that c carrying a firearm or a weapon concealed or open outside of a bar is an offense? I've never heard of anyone being prosecuted for that. And that's what bothers me about this uh, this sheriff, too. Well, I'm not here to uh, violate anyone's rights. I'm just here to enforce the order. Well, first of all, open carrying is not part of the stay-at-home order. That right. I get. I I understand why you go after bar owner lady. I don't agree with it, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> open carrying a firearm outside of a bar is not part of the stay-at-home order. I'm not here to violate anyone's rights. I'm just here to enforce the order. Well, when the order... If this isn't constitu if this isn't unconstitutional, I don't know what is. If the order is unconstitutional, what's your stack of priorities here? Which document did you swear an oath to? And again, as we've been talking about on a week by week basis, at what point are you going to say, "Sorry, that order is unconstitutional. I will not enforce it." Yeah. I I swore an oath to the Constitution. Guys out out exercising their First and Second Amendment rights, not in violation of the stay at home order. Sorry, that's. That's not my job. That's that's purely constitutional. That's perfectly constitutional. So, yeah, anyway, I, I I would like if anyone out there has more knowledge about the prosecution of of carrying weapons in prohibited places and whether being outside of a bar constitutes. I mean, first of all, I would like to know that because, you know, if you're you walk downtown Bozeman, for example, I don't carry in a bar because that's illegal here, too. But there are countless times I've been on the sidewalk outside of a bar armed because I'm not uh, in the bar. Was that bar in a trailer? It's hard to tell. I can go back and look. We can see some images of it, maybe. If it was, I doubt they own the underlying real property. 
uh, in which case it would be illegal. What does on the premises mean? You know, what does on the premises mean in Texas law? Is it the is it the roadway outside of the bar? I don't. I can't get a good image of it up here, but uh, it looked like it was in a trailer. But I don't know. Maybe they were filming some. Office. It's some sort of. It's something like that. You can see the building. I think here on the left side of the screen. Anyway, my Corona bur- burps are catching up to me. Sorry. Uh, we're running short on time though, so let's move into Michael Flynn. You want to just do the last two stories and close out with uh, sure. Super Chat. Um. So the Justice Department moved to drop charges against Michael Flynn, who pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. And every article I read about this this week was like, Michael Flynn, comma, who lied to the FBI twice. It's, it's like, <laughs> of course. Yeah. It was just NPR had some really, really bad reporting about this. Hmm. Um, so Flynn would he was later ousted from the white house with officials saying he lied to them but the justice department now says uh, there was no basis to question flynn especially since agents were prepared to close to close their investigation into him weeks earlier Mm. after finding nothing to suggest he had committed a crime and we talked about this um about this last week so the department also suggests the fbi erred by not advising flynn that it was a crime to lie although that's not really the problem that i have with this um, even though the agency said less than two years ago it wasn't required. Uh, there's some uh, journalistic uh, errors taken here. Um, some current and former officials say there are less extreme remedies for issues like the ones that the department identified. The department, for instance, could have supported Flynn's bid to withdraw his guilty plea. Also bullshit. But a senior Justice Department official said the department believes concerns about the FBI's conduct. Um, one of the agents, which I assume they mean Strzok, who interviewed Flynn was later fired for derogatory text messages about Trump during the investigation or that wouldn't be struck. Would it? Who are they talking about? Uh, I don't know. Um, would have made it difficult to win at trial had a judge agreed to withdraw the plea. So they're just saying that like the potential for uh, the corruption to be exposed was the real reason the justice department did this. But I don't think that that's true either. Hmm. I think it was just pretty transparent that they had entrapped him. Um, that official was not authorized to comment publicly and spoke only on condition of anonymity, of course. And that was AP reporting. Yeah, you have all kinds, as we talked about the week prior, you have all kinds of um, of problems with with the prosecution. What was the what was the basis for the investigation that right. never has been adequately explained? Um, was the goal to get him to lie, or was it the pursuit of the truth? And then if if the basis for the investigation is unclear, the underlying crime to support the materiality of the lie is also unclear. Yeah. You have that problem, too. I, I mean, the idea that there was going to be that, that this the idea that this was legally sound is highly suspect. That's people act like this was politicized. But the fact of the matter is, like, if if the, <laughs> this was a standard that could be used to get anybody that the FBI targets, it's just a question of who they put their yeah, focus on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the Post even reported that uh, they, they, they straight up said this, the threat of a Trump pardon put so much pressure on the Justice Department that they had to fold mm. on this. The other okay. thing about this is people have long been saying that Michael Flynn really didn't do anything wrong, that this was a setup, that that Railroaded, it, was, um, yeah. it was an entrapment effort. And to varying degrees, you can decide what your own opinion on that is. But it, it's not that is not conspiracy thinking. That is that is the reality of what happened. And you can debate the degree. But it's substantiated at this point. Keep in mind, we've been hearing on various news networks for three years now that that thinking, which again is demonstrably true now, is just 
conspiracy theories. This is a great mashup courtesy of uh, Tom Elliott over at Grabian. The president seems to be saying that uh, this was a case of entrapment, that Michael Flynn was essentially pressured into lying. What is your response? I think that's hogwash. You know, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories about how he was entrapped. The FBI agents didn't do anything wrong here. So I think that's important because there are a lot of sort of uh, conspiracy theories. So I think that loud sound you heard at about 1230 Eastern was the sound of 10,000 conspiracy theories by the Trump defenders exploding. Trump talking points and right-wing media conspiracies demolished. Poor Michael Flynn, he was duped. The FBI broke standard protocol in the way that they came in and ambushed General Flynn. She knew better. Wrong. Oh my God. Just remember too, those are the authoritative sources that YouTube pushes as legitimate news. So what they label as a conspiracy theory and suppress is um, is now quite possibly the legitimate truth. I just want to emphasize that in the context of coronavirus or anything else that's controversial. They'll label something conspiracy theory, harmful information, wrong think. Then X amount of time later, more information comes out and it's actually pretty accurate. And yeah. what was maligned as conspiracy thinking is pretty close to the truth, if not the full truth. Not always. I'm not saying always. Just the idea that these media networks have some reliable monopoly on accurate reporting and the truth. Nonsense. Nonsense. Yet again, the other controversy here is that um, Obama apparently had specific knowledge of the wiretapping of the of Flynn's calls. So according to documents released Thursday as a part of the government's motion to dismiss the Fl- uh, Flynn case, uh, former President Obama uh, according to these documents, had knowledge of the details of Michael Flynn's wiretapped calls with then-Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak. According to the documents, on January 5th, 2017, then-Deputy AG Sally Yates attended an Oval Office meeting with the whole gang, basically. FBI Director James Comey, Biden was there, CIA Director John Brennan, National Intelligence Director James Clapper, Obama was there, and they were discussing the Russian election interference. After the briefing, Obama asked Yates and Comey to stay behind, and he said he had learned of the information about Flynn and his conversations with Russian ambas- uh, with the Russian ambassador about sanctions. In other words, without getting into the details here, Obama had direct knowledge of the wiretapping of an American citizen on what now look like all but bunk pretenses. Obama would never. What I can't. Talking? I can't believe it. And then he this week he also. There, there, there's this soundbite or a clip from a, a supposedly private call with former members of his administration. You can speculate about whether this was leaked or whether this was intentionally released or whatever. But um, but the, the former president said that the dropping of Flynn's charges or Flynn's charge puts the rule of law at risk. The news uh, over the last 24 hours, I think, has been somewhat downplayed about... Uh, the Justice Department dropping charges against Michael Flynn and the fact that there is no precedent that anybody can find for someone who's been charged with perjury just getting off scot-free. That's the kind of stuff where you, you begin to get worried that basic, not just institutional norms, but our basic understanding of, of rule of law is, uh, is a risk. That's rich coming from him. 
Well, speaking of unprecedented, uh, give me an example of a successful prosecution of the Logan Act. Remember, never happened. That's how they tried to leverage Flynn in this case. Never been tested for constitutionality either, and nobody has ever been indicted with the Logan Act. He has never been successfully prosecuted. Mm -hmm. So the idea that the nature of Flynn's, that just the conversations that Flynn had with the Russian ambassador were illegal simply by talking to him, highly dubious. But again, he's an ambassador. Also. Since we're talking about unprecedented things, show me the precedent for that being a, a, a law that has been successfully prosecuted before. Now, as a technical matter, this is sort of in the weeds, but it does matter. Flynn wasn't charged with perjury when he says we have no precedent for dropping a perjury charge. Well, this also isn't that because he was charged with making false statements to the FBI. The distinction there being one is under oath. And there are all sorts of questions about how aware was Flynn when the FBI approached him about whether he was being investigated or not, about the formality of the proceedings, all that sorts of, sort of stuff. So all I'm saying is to, to, to say someone has, has committed perjury is to say they, they, they uh, put themselves under oath to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's not what happened in the Flynn case. Minor, minor tweak or minor difference about the charges. But as far as dropping perjury charges, we have dropped perjury charges before. See Bill Clinton. Yeah. I know that's an impeachment uh, that's an impeachment proceeding and it's not a traditional criminal prosecution. But the fact is the, the underlying law remains the same. And he did lie about, um, about, in, about stuff material to an investigation. We dropped those charges. He never, he never faced any kind of criminal liability or criminal penalty for that sort of thing. Right. Uh, and, and then the broader theme about whether the, the justice department uh, does drop charges based on, on prosecutorial misconduct uh, Jonathan uh, Turley has a great piece over on his blog that describes, yeah, indeed, Obama's DOJ did just that. They dropped uh, they dropped charges based on prosecutorial misconduct at the Justice Department. The case was U.S. v. Stevens. Eric Holder asked the same judge, in fact, in the Flynn case, to dismiss the charges in that case. That was roughly 10 years ago, as with Flynn. There was an allegation of withheld evidence by prosecutors at the time of the motion uh, Holder declared, quote, the Department of Justice must always ensure that any case in which it is involved is handled fairly and consistent with its commitment to justice. Under oftentimes trying conditions, the attorneys who serve in this department live up to those principles on a daily basis. But just beyond the, the technical matters here, Obama's point is, is backwards, at least in my opinion. The question is not whether we can name another time that a perjury charge has been dropped. I think the better question is, can we name other times where such fibs immaterial to an underlying crime were so aggressively pursued? Can you name precedent for that? Because I can't. <laughs> maybe it exists. I welcome pushback on that. But and, and don't get me wrong, I am all about the rule of law, of course, and the equal and, and fair application of the law. But oh, this is such bullshit, though. And I also don't want to forget about Carter Page and George Papadopoulos in this either. Yeah. who had similar treatment. Um, so I hope that they are going to be exonerated in the same way or that people will view them differently in light of yeah. this. If it's all about the rule of law, <laughs> the law is a. 1799 obscure statute that has never been successfully prosecuted yeah. rule of law show me who has been held accountable according to that rule of law then oh and roger stone of course oh yeah yeah anyway uh so uh, michael flynn uh again the the hot take on twitter that i hope becomes reality michael flynn gets appointed to fbi director that would complete the story that would be hilarious and amazing i hope it happens 
But no matter what, Trump has said he he's considering bringing him back um, into the White House. That'd be great. No matter what, at least he has some semblance of his life back, mm-hmm. albeit severely financially damaged after all of this, unfortunately. So we'll see where this story goes from here. Last story for the night, uh, sort of in the hoax hate crime of the week theme, but it doesn't really fit. So don't worry, I won't play the 80-year sounder. Although we haven't been able to play it for weeks on end now. Not a lot of hoax hate during coronavirus, really to speak of. Anyway. Maybe in other ways, they're rule followers, law law abiders. (laughs) The spirit of it lives on through these stories, because in certain parts of California... And, uh, and elsewhere across the country, of course, masks are mandatory at grocery stores and other public settings where social distancing is compromised or not possible. But if you have to do it, you might as well troll. And uh, I think we could all see this coming. Santee, California is now the epicenter of the coronavirus mask trolling. This is outside of San Diego. Last weekend, a man was dressed in a camo t-shirt, cargo pants, and just a full-on KKK hood. <laughs> and he went shopping without a damn care in the world. Here's uh, some of the images. The man was spotted wearing the hood while shopping at the Vons in Santee over the weekend. As you can imagine, many people pretty upset by this. Now let's show you what that looks like when this person uh, that we still yeah, don't John know Goodman. the identity of walked Maybe. into this Vons here on Mission Gorge Road with that Klan hood on his face. You can see him casually pushing that cart around the store. We did reach out to the sheriff's department about this incident. They said they were not called to the Vons store <laughs> that Saturday when this happened, but they have been made aware of this and they are looking into it uh, while also denouncing the actions taken by this man. More of this. I like it. That's hilarious. Now, they have actually identified the guy since uh, this report. According to CNN's reporting, it's not clear whether the customer was allowed to check out with groceries or whether he was just removed from the store. Uh, He did ignore employee requests to remove the mask. As I said, he has been identified, but the sheriff's department is not releasing his name. We'll talk about potential investigation in a minute. First, I want to talk about the second case, also in Santee, California. This guy goes by the name Dusty Shekel online, but his, he says his real name is Dustin Hart. He uploaded 14 minutes of GoPro footage of him shopping at another grocery store in Santee. Not the same one, as far as I understand, but another one. And he's wearing a mask, as you can see. It's, it's just a normal mask, but it's got a swastika flag Velcroed <laughs> on it. And uh, so he's wearing it around. He's shopping just like the other guy, and an employee confronts him, and then the store calls the cops. Here's some of that footage. I just got my photo taken. What? Why not? Basically a hate crime. It's not a hate crime. They can wear the Antifa communist thing. And if they're going to act like a bunch of Nazis and have Governor Newsom enforce all these Nazi laws, then it is what it is. It's a peaceful protest. Oh, I know why we're here. No, I'm surprised, actually. (laughs) um, They asked you to take that off because... Well, they told me to put it on first, actually. I told them I would take it off when I check out. I know, but then we have this whole little thing with the whole face mask thing because of COVID-19. But they're asking you, it's offensive in the store. It's just discrimination. When you're outside the store, you're free to do whatever you want because this is a private institution. I'm not free to do whatever I want. We live in this state and we have a Nazi for a governor. That's the whole problem. Okay. It's a peaceful protest against the governor. I That's the whole thing. I'm not going to get And now right you now. guys are here, like, literally proving my point. We're getting a call from this business because of a customer causing a disturbance because of an offensive symbol that is on his face. Right. Well, I see the LGBT flag and that's offensive (laughs) to me. I don't know what to call the cops. (laughs) Call the cops on the LGBT flags. Oh, man. For sure. 
Now, the confrontation ended without arrest. The video shows the couple unloading their basket with the same clerk who confronted them earlier. Now, Hart claims, the guy with the swastika flag, claims he had no knowledge of the KKK hood shopper just a few days prior in the same city. Uh, the coincidence is pretty gay, uh, pretty great, if that is, in fact, accurate. But uh, either way, um, can, I say, can I say that I support the trolling? I mean, is that too contra- I think this stuff's hilarious. I, I don't I don't care if people are offended by the messaging. I think it's hilarious to say, okay, I'm forced to wear a mask. You can't you can't tell me I'm forced to wear a mask and then get too picky about the mask about of the my mask choosing. All right, I get to pick the mask. <laughs> uh, yeah, more fair. of this. This is hilarious. As far as the investigation, because that's I heard in the news report of the sheriff's office may be involved, and I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? Involved with what? What is the crime here? Well, in the case of the KKK hood guy, the, the San Diego Sheriff's Department is still saying that they, there may be a hate crime to prosecute here. The, the San Diego Sheriff's Department says they do not condone hate or any acts of intolerance in our communities. Uh, the Sheriff's Department says hate crime charges are possible. In, this, in the case of the swastika mask guy, uh, they say, quote, Sheriff's investigators will continue to look into the matter. The Sheriff's Department does not condone hate or acts of intolerance. We are a country that is welcoming of people from all backgrounds. Well, good good luck with that. You want to talk about unconstitutional prosecutions. Uh, that doesn't he, even make sense. I, what The hate crime of wearing a, a sheet over your head or whatever? Well, yeah. First of all, who was that perpetrated against? Is there who's like the some... Vi- who, who's the victim of this hate crime? Is there some sad Jew in that grocery store that's like <laughs> super duper offended? Well, the Ooh, case law is pretty pretty clear about this. You can have offensive messaging on your clothing, which is all this is. Now, of course, I'm not saying the store has to allow it. If the private business doesn't want that stuff in there, that's fine. They can ask them to leave. And then if the guy doesn't leave, well, then it's a case of trespass. Yeah. But if you're trying to prosecute him for wearing a KKK mask in a public setting, good luck with that. That is never going to stand up to scrutiny in the courts. Not in a million years. No, what's more baffling here is these public statements. We don't condone hate. Hate is one of the most base, natural human emotions. You will never eradicate it from humanity. It's never going to happen. Like, I don't condone hate. What does that even mean? Well, yeah, the idea that all love is virtuous and should be celebrated and all hate is bad and should be uh, condemned. That's just not it's true. Insanity. T- tell, it- tell that to Nambla. Yeah. You can give an infinite list of hate that is actually good. For example, if I say, man, I hate KKK guys and Nazis, well, you'd say that's just fine. Right. If I wore a shirt in there that had the swastika symbol crossed out, you'd probably say that's just fine. Or hating the Chinese in the era of COVID also exactly good like, for humanity. <laughs> silver linings. And also to your point, there are all sorts, there are all sorts of forms of love that we don't consider celebration worthy. In fact, yeah. we consider them crimes in many contexts. Yeah, this is just ass backwards. Also, that guy's not actually a Nazi. He's just trolling everybody. Yeah, it seems pretty clear. I, I don't think either of these guys are actual racial supremacists. And by the way, I, I don't care if they are. I know some people don't like that, but you're allowed to be racist and go grocery shopping. We're not going to police people's opinions in their heads and say, well, does he have the right opinions? Then he can come into this grocery right, store. That's right. not the way any of this works. Now, that I get, again, that's between the private establishment and the consumer. <laughs> the private establishment doesn't have to associate with them. I'm saying as a matter of law, the state is not going to enforce correct opinions to grocery shop that's not going to be a thing as an aside did you see that kkk guy had like a cart filled with fresh vegetables 
He he did look pretty responsible. He was grabbing fruit from the from the fruit stands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good for him. You need a morning grapefruit just like anybody else, KKK I, guy. I hate grapefruit, but you know, I would I would uh, grab a spoon and dig in with that guy so he could tell me the story of how this all went down. Famous last words. Anyway, that's all I got. That's the show. So we should uh we should catch wow, up. Wow, is this the... our first under two hour like con- content? Well, we we've been doing pretty good lately on time. It's just you know we've had a lot of chatters too, and that's also a good thing. That's true. Okay, this is from Nate Early. Giving you some shackles because I've been notified by my employer that I can go back to work tomorrow after four long weeks of furlough. Happy oh, Mother's awesome. to be day, Blonde. Thank you so much. That's Congrats. awesome. Good That's really good to hear. Uh, bad dad. When did Benjamin Franklin say those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety? Uh, was that Ben Franklin? I hear that quote misattributed to a lot of people. I'm pretty sure it is Franklin, although people dispute what he meant by it. And um, and whether, clear. no matter what you deserve... I think the reality is, regardless of what you deserve or not, you get neither. This stuff from the government, I think, is largely an illusion. I don't believe that the government has kept us safer from coronavirus than people's voluntary decision-making would have kept us. Right. I just There's don't. No trust in the people. Um, Ethan Johnson, going to come back and watch, but have formation at 2030. Ah, okay. Military time. Uh, that is ah. just because you like money. Um, this is just because you like money. Thank you so much, Ethan. Oh, well, thank you. Appreciate Andrew it. Andrew Kirkbride. Today I attended a church service for the first time in close to 13 years. The thing I took away from the service along with my own thoughts is this. We cannot allow our lives to be ruled by fear. Yes. It's it, very it important. Is, it's, it's, such a, it's not just a lame way to live your life. It, it call, To me, in the extreme, it calls in the question of, are you even living your life? Is, is, um, I was listening to you know, my... my Good guy, Frank, our friend Frank over on Quite Frankly, but he was asking that question this week. Is life simply a beating heart? Is it simply breathing lungs? Or is there something more to life than that? Can you be, is, is the mere biological reality of being alive, is that what life is? Or is there something more to it? Is there an inherent freedom, an inherent self-determination, an inherent path that you navigate? Yeah. I have no interest in being alive in a padded cell. I don't give a shit about that. That doesn't sound fun. There's no purpose to that. Mm-hmm. all all of these questions are worth examining in this context for sure especially with you know old people that have earned the right to assume their own risk i was at a barbecue yesterday with some older people and they were like listen like i've lived a good life and if i die from covid that's fine but it's my responsibility to decide what kind of risk i want to assume a hundred percent a hundred percent i i don't think it would be right for me to lock them up against their will mm-hmm. for their own good that is their decision and because they're vulnerable, if they want to go more drastic than I would on their own behalf, you're entitled to that too. Absolutely have at it. Yeah. Just don't try to control other people. Yep. And in that way, we should respect our elders. They've kind of earned the right to decide sure. how they want to die. For the I, uh, I admit that I, I am due for a, a Corona pee. Okay, I'm I'll gonna, keep going. I got to step out real quick. Remember this Appreciate- time that you had to pee before I did. I know, I can't believe pregnant. it. Yep. All right, I'll be right back. Um, Eric, someone happy mother's day blonde. Here's a small deposit for you to open a salon. Thank you so much. I'll do baby hair. How about that? Cyclone eighty nine seventy four. because someone asked weeks ago, branch Davidian, Graham Craddock, Craddock. So they started the fire in doc Waco madman or Messiah part two at around one nineteen. Um, yeah. For those of you that haven't watched Waco on Netflix it is excellent. If you don't already hate the federal government, the ATF, the FBI, you will, you will 
be up at night googling whether or not these things are actually true and they are it was just shocking but it's a really good series um boogeyman 917 happy mother's day to you blonde and greetings to you matt thank you for all you do to bring reasonable voices to the youtubes cheers thank you boogie um arsenin uh, i'm sorry i don't know how to say your name ever I'm sitting with my popcorn waiting for Flynn to be named FBI director. I'm also waiting for people to sue their states for civil liberty infringements. By the way, where's the ACLU on all of this? Oh, wait, they're Democrat pay masters. Had them yeah. stand down. Yeah, the ACLU used to actually do shit for civil it, liberties. That's what I can't remember a worse time for civil liberties in my life than right now. And right now, and, and yeah. All I hear is from the ACLU is crickets. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, James Atkins. Shout out to my wife, Emily, for getting for getting a new and better position at work. Congratulations, Emily. Awesome. We watch your show every week. Chalk her up as yet another loyal lady listener. <laughs> Keep up the good Converted work. Converted or always true? Did Blonde Jeez. do work on her? I wonder if she agreed from I the start. Hmm. But they always end up not hating me as much as when they started. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. say like, though. Shanique was stunning and brave. Ooh. Okay. Matt and I once made love. He yelled, I will eat your ass. That clip is so funny. I've listened to it like 20 times this week. It is great. Um, I laughed and said, oh, you've seen the Alex Jones video. Matt looked confused and said, what video? So I just let him do it. <laughs> I will eat your ass. I'll do it. Never forget. The best part of the whole clip is when he goes, I'll do it. I know. <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. <laughs> Big Elsie. Would either of you consider trolling mandatory mask requirements and how far would you be prepared to go? Also wishing Vlad a happy Mother's Day. Uh, that's so funny because before these stories came out, um, my husband was talking about how he's going to wear like a pair of my underwear over his face. <laughs> and I was like, you should do it. And they let me take a picture of it. And I, I, I wish I could say I would have the balls to do the full hood like that guy for the just the trolling. I don't think I do, though. I don't think I'd be willing to take that PR hit. That one will stick. But, yeah, but you've already ruined your career with your association with me. That's a tough one, man. Um, how much further is a KKK hood than this <laughs> podcast? Like how much further? <laughs> I, I might have gone farther, actually. That might be a step back. <laughs> but I fully support the whole thing on principle. I don't think I would go with the swastika or the clan hood. I, but but um, and I don't think we're going to get mandatory masks here in Montana either, although they are mandatory, mandatory at Costco in town. That would be the only place where a private business has imposed a mandatory regulation that I could troll. But other than that, it, there's it, the trolling doesn't work as much here because it's purely voluntary, too. I'd have to be in a spot like that where the state tells me I must. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> Alabama Thunder Pussy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did I ever tell you, ew, about the time I was in the back seat with a girl and had no lube, so I used a must mustard packet. Packet. You gave us fifteen dollars to to say that Alabama Thunder Pussy mustard. Oh, that's like the the least logical condiment. This chick went stuff. along with this. Like, good God, that can't be true, Mister hmm. Thunder Pussy. Uh, Freddie Saw says, Boise, Idaho, last week. Brownwood, Texas, today. New Mexico sucks. A person limits in a ton of buildings and everything closed. Utah was amazing. Sit down. Denny's was open. First sit down meal in months. That's so cool. Yeah, That's no, no restaurants open, but I think on the 16th that we get back. To you guys aren't open for sit down restaurants yet? Mm -mm. Oh, man, it was awesome. And normally I'm a to go person anyway, but I did enjoy just, yeah, like having a nice sit down meal at a restaurant. It was it was great. It does sound really nice. Um, I have to go to the bathroom. 
you okay. want me to keep reading I will, a few or do you... uh, No, I'll carry on. I'll catch up on uh, DLive and Streamlabs, and then we'll get back to Super Chat. Thanks for your patience, oh. guys. Uh, let's see. Over on uh, DLive, Crypto Crook. No, Base Dollar says, people do check out a house's guts. Um, the real problem is stealing the expensive tools. Tradesmen know. And that's the other thing. I've, I've heard of massive thefts. Of, of A lot of those tools are crazy expensive. So that's... I don't know that that means that... that Arbory is automatically in the wrong, but I know there's a theft incentive for a lot of people. And it's common to see those sorts of things stolen. Uh, Base Dollar also says, Michael Flynn is an American hero. Obama says rule of law is at risk because it's close. It's close. Well, maybe we'll get some more information on how this is all played out. Uh, Also says, I support Michael Flynn. And uh, thanks for your support, Base Dollar. Appreciate it. And Crypto says, uh, Crypto Crook says, Matt, I actually never got any support from the government, but I like Corona Shekels' expression anyway. Well, I hope that was, um, I hope that was not because you were expecting support and it never arrived. But uh, appreciate the support for the show, no matter what. Very much appreciated. Over on um, on Streamlabs, let's check out what we got going on over here. Let's see, we left off with um, with Irish Nat, Texastentialist, or Tezistentialist, maybe I don't know if that was mistype or not. Texistentialist says, "You guys must be getting trolled. There's no way your audience, libertarian or right-leaning as they appear, know that walking on someone else's property will lead to lead poisoning." Watch the Last Kingdom; it's badass. I don't even know the reference, actually. Uh, oh, lead, oh, lead poison. I see what you're saying. That kind of lead poisoning. Yes. Um. Yeah, but that—that's the point. That's to me, and I'm—I'm I'm open to pushback on this. Because again, I can't believe how many people think this is totally normal. But it, but for me, I don't see the distinction between walking onto somebody's finished property, construction-wise, or walking onto their property if it's under construction. It's not my property. I would not invade it, and I wouldn't consider myself to be safe if I did, or or right to do it. But we'll see what people say. Um, Grizilla says, uh, "Longtime listener, first-time donator." Well, thank you. I've done comic book covers for Lords of the Night podcast, so I was wondering how you guys would feel about having a comic book cover for your show. I have some ideas, but uh, nothing solid. Like nothing solid yet. Keep up the great work. Well, we always um, we're you know we accept uh, listener art submissions at uh, beautyandthebeta@gmail.com. It's always fun to see people's artwork. If you're talking about like a formal refresh of the show's artwork i still love our show's artwork and i don't want to change it i don't know about you it's but pretty new still well it's, it's been on for over two years 2018 but it was done by a friend of the show and i still like the look of it so i'm in no hurry to change the overall look of the show but absolutely if you oh if you're doing artwork send it our way uh candy max says uh hold up matt baby shouldn't have a bottle for at least six weeks as to not get confused and will probably need to feed every two hours less mama blonde has to nurse on on air with a camera tilt and a thin shot well and it'll all be fine the the community will support that well i'm not trying to get her i'm not trying to prevent breastfeeding but i have some uh some concerns about this so <laughs> is it the disruption or the potential a- boobage I think there's both. I think it's a, I think it's an inherent disruption that um, that we just can't necessarily get around. That said, um, there are there are ways to get around this. I think potentially shortening the show is an option. I think bottle feeding breast milk is an option, but I defer to not you on that one. Not for a few, not for six so weeks. The point is, we have a, a short window of time, and I think that the breastfeeding thing on air, I have a lot of questions about that. So, I think it'll be good for the community. We should be supporting motherhood and everything that comes with it. Well, I don't. Um, 
I don't oppose motherhood, <laughs> but I also think that like in in this setting, I don't know that it's going to be possible to maintain the focus and everything we need to keep going on the discussion without getting sidetracked, without it turning into. But it might be the, the least disruptive way to deal with this. We'll see. I, I mean, we'll talk about it. I don't want to be char- being. I don't want to be characterized as anti motherhood. Yeah. But I think the reality is there's not a lot of breastfeeding in a work setting for a reason. That's, you know, it's a, it's a private thing. Well, why don't you offer me a breastfeeding room and, (laughs) and all sorts of, I already pay you 50, 50. (laughs) What else do you want? (laughs) Build your own damn breastfeeding room. (laughs) Anyway, thank you. uh, Candy Magan. I hope things are going well down, uh, down Florida way. Um, Phil says, are we disabused of the notion that the police will side with the people when the time comes yet? Um, Clearly, we have a lot of examples of police, in my opinion, whose allegiance does not lie with the Constitution to whom they swore an oath. I'm not saying all, and I'm not even trying to be anti-cop. I have a lot of admiration for the police. Talk about it all the time. But in cases where you're where you're throwing felony weapons charges at people peacefully protesting in a legal open carry state. I have to question where your allegiances lie. And if there's anything you wouldn't do if you were ordered to do it. Uh, Redicus says, uh, do you want a boogaloo? Do you want a boogaloo? Cause that's how you get a boogaloo. That's true. I got your sounder. For do you want you. the boogaloo? Cause that's how you get the boogaloo. Okay, folks. We are getting dangerously close to the point where we have no rule of law with pencil neck geek Aunt Lightfoot. Uh, Deblowy and Fredo not having uh, to abide by the rules, but Mama Salon does. Yeah, I agree. It's it's rules for thee, but not for me. We see countless examples of that too. Mike Newman says, "Hey, Matt and Blonde, um, have you heard or heard you on the Wednesday show say that you get a hundred percent of the cash from Streamlabs, but only seventy percent from YouTube? So we'll use uh, Streamlabs from now on. I think it would be cool if Blonde to see Blonde with a baby instead of a little dog. So don't discriminate." Well, it's better than Caesar, I guess. Uh, yeah. Thanks for supporting the show. I and yes, that's true. Nigger- I am not going to be niggardly. Uh, Streamlabs does not take the uh, the cut that Susan WikiWiki does. Redicus says, we are not here to violate anyone's rights. We are here to enforce the law. I doubt it. Tyranny by another name. Isn't this just the same? Isn't this the same city as the White Trash Alley shootout? Also, when is... Uh, when is Lemon going to die of AIDS already? I want the smugness to end. Disavow. I hope he lives a very long HIV positive life. That's all. Repeal the 19th says it is uh, very rich that Obama suspended habeas corpus and is now worried about the rule of law. Barry Sotero O'Blunder is a hypocrite. That's an involved nickname. Uh, thank you. We're all, we're all caught up uh, on, on these platforms if you want to. Cool. Uh, something kind of other. Super chat. Living in New York City and people are out and about. Wow, ice cream trucks and contact sports. Check out Matt's video on that. Um, I'm simply convinced, or I am convinced there's there are people who are simply enjoying the time off but are too scared or unaware to admit, to admit it. Yeah. I don't know. Are people bored? Probably. Well, everybody is going out more. We know that's for sure true based on traffic data and, and other data. But people still tell pollsters, I support the lockdown. We have to stay locked down forever because I'm a yeah. good person. Don't um, mind me. Just going to the restaurant, though. Sam from Ohio. Matt, I think you said recently you have a short barrel rifle. Do you really? How do, was the yeah. permit process? I'm thinking about using some Trump bucks on a short barrel Chris Vector and a suppressor. Wasn't the whole thing a big pain in the ass, though? Um, It's a pain in the ass because you have to wait forever. What you're talking about will be a double stamp gun, too. If you're doing an SBR plus suppressor, you'll have to get those stamped 
individually. And I've never, I've still have not, I still have not gone through the suppressor process, which I should. But as far as the SBR process, uh, no, it was like a page or two of paperwork. You send it to the, uh, to the FBI and they, I filed the paperwork like approximately January 1st, 2019. And I got the stamp back around August 1st. So it was about eight months and you have to submit photos. Uh, you, I had to go down to the local sheriff's department and get fingerprinted again, just to have a rifle with a barrel that is shorter than the arbitrary limit of 16 inches. That is that's arbitrary. It. That's it. But was the process difficult? No, it's very basic paperwork and you have to pay them 200 bucks. So it's expensive and it takes forever, but that would be a sweet gun at the end of the day. So it's just a question of, do you have the money and do you have the patience? That's all. Yeah. Enjoy it. If you do. Uh, metal man. I'm a 26 year old man, army vet. And this weekend while being a man and building manly stands for my forge and anvil using man tools and man stuff. <laughs> I'm listening to blonde and Robin talk about natural birth and reclaiming womanhood. Well, th- well that's awesome. And that's not even necessarily a, a contradiction, you know, I mean, men being men and women being men, women, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to force anyone into a box, but we shouldn't, shame traditional masculinity and traditional femininity those are healthy things but i am getting an epidural so also just (laughs) i'm sure Um, he's he's very concerned about the specifics apparently he's too well he said natural childbirth oh yeah okay uh my dad did just text me tell matt that we're getting the american lactation association (laughs) <laughs> to protest his sexist views. He's I, probably serious. Am I going to get a lawsuit filed against me? Um, right. I bet my mom is at home like seething right now. <laughs> Maybe we'll just do a poll. We'll just put a poll up. Should we, should we support this or not? I'm sure that won't be, be trolled like at all. I bet 95% in support. Um, VV says, you know, I was breastfed until I was two and a half years old. Two and a half. My mom is not joking. Shout out to Blonde's mom. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my tenure was. Uh, you should ask your mom. I bet she breastfed you for a long time. But you do have a weak immune system and you're constantly sick. No, I'm not. I, I almost <laughs> never get sick. I got That's mono true. once the and mono. then I got, and then I got coronavirus and that was it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, Vivi says, tell me a joke, Matt. Side note. Thanks for the weekly show. You two and your regular uploads, Matt, Matt, Thanks. you're my main source for news. I'm too busy working to give a damn about, about what CNN, MSN, PC, Fox, et cetera. Say, didn't you say you have a joke prepped for this? No, I can't set the precedent of, um, of giving a joke on demand because it's never going to live up to the expectation. And then I put myself on the spot every time. So I just, I just can't, but thank you um, for, uh, for the kind words and for tuning in. Big donation from Will Boone sounder level donation. from oh, Will Wow. Boone. Thank you. Um, longtime listener, got my Kung Flu bucks. Time to pay it forward. Thanks, Matt, for answering my question last Wednesday. Keep providing a sanity safe space. I am not going to be niggardly. I, th- I think I recall the question about, um, I think it w- if I remember correctly, it was the one about like maintaining motivation and conviction and uh, carrying on through doubt, those sorts of themes. I can't remember the specific question, but I think it was the one I a- answered when you went to pee. If I remember correctly, which time and thank you. Will. one of the many, one of the many times, uh, Jim Keats waiting for stormtrooper lives matter. Hands up. Don't shoot. Happy mothers to be to the hottie in the leopard print shirt. That must be Matt. Oh, and Matt flannel <laughs> is my in shirt too. go socks. I miss sports. I Baseball even may be coming back. They may be coming back in July reportedly. Have you been watching the last dance? The hell's that? 
It is the best. It's like the new Tiger King. Okay. It's a documentary about the bulls in there. Oh, the Michael Jordan thing. It is called The Last Dance, right? I can't get the Michael Jordan documentary. I've seen it promoted, but I've not watched it. It is so good. You really? have to watch it. Yes. Huh. I'm, I'm like, I've been excited all day for the two new episodes How? coming out tonight. I, I would Me. have never expected you to want to watch that. Yeah. I know, but I'm, I'm totally enthralled. I've been love, loving watching it. It's is it excellent. on Netflix or where is it? I don't know where we're watching it, but no. did you know Dennis Rodman has a sweet and sensitive and kind soul? We'll never forget Dennis Rodman used to be the Trump ambassador to uh, to North Korea, de facto at least. Yes, I just yeah. I just love him. He's just fantastic. Um, Aaron Molo, did you hear about the Sweet Tomatoes soup plantation? I did not. I don't it's know the messed reference. up, right? I don't know. Is Did I just say something naughty? I don't know. I always, yeah, I have to wonder anytime we don't get the reference if it's like low-key racist stuff or something. Um, it's on ESPN. Oh, well, where? Oh, I don't, we don't have cable TV, but I'm sure I can track it down. Uh, I don't know what to say. You guys, I, I know, uh, Rugal McDowell. Do you regret allowing the I sodomized Matt's Matt memes to proliferate? <laughs> I know you don't want to hurt the poster's feelings by calling it cringe, but they're uncomfortably degenerate. It must be embarrassing for you. <laughs> no, no. It's embarrassing for me. That's I think what that's part of the reason why people like them. But there was a time where it was like every other one. And I firmly believe as far as like memes of the show and trends of the chat, the second you try to smash something, you try to stifle it, it comes back five times as powerful. So I believe in sort of letting these things run their course as opposed to saying, how dare you? Don't say that. We really hate it when you say that. Yeah. Anyway, just my philosophy. Robert Franklin joggers killed two times as many who whites whites are 11 times more likely to be killed by joggers than the reverse. 85% of interracial <laughs> violence is committed by joggers. While the media lies, people die. Well, black people do commit a lot more crime. I don't, there's no now way the, around this. You mean joggers. This is about jogger statistics. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, blippity blue. How does Kim get a body double? If you're the only lardo in your country, it seems like it would be hard to do. All you have to do is fatten up one Asian man. That's, Where do they get the food to do that, though? I think they're kind of short on that. I don't know. China. Import. Yeah. Import, yeah. Uh, Shauna Thornton. I don't care if Biden is guilty or not after Kavanaugh. I just want a leftist scalp. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares it. if it's taken by a leftist? Also, I probably shouldn't be allowed to vote. I hear you, Shauna. I hear you. Uh, it's his dementia that makes me feel sympathy for him. And the sympathy is uh, just a pregnancy side effect. So the only counter I can offer as far as my principles is if you're going to take a scalp... Is there any fun in taking it off a basically dead guy? Don't you want a scalp from somebody who's alive and strong? Not Joe Biden. He could live for 20 more years. He is the nominee, though. That's How fair. old is he? I don't know. 80 bajillion. I think he's like, he's, uh, he's, 77? he's actually not much older than Trump. He's like two or three years older than Trump. He, he seems, seems like he's 15 years older than Trump. He's late 70s. I think he's like 78. Someone can oh. look it up for us. Uh, dear Finley says live streaming my son's christening next sunday from our home because of the lockdown hope mm. it spread some wholesomeness and cheer that sucks though you should be able to just go and do these things yeah but ah. enjoy and i hope so as well i bought pian a big donation thank you give me some of that sweet sweet sanity safe space also happy mother's day blonde thank you so much i am not going to be niggardly thank you uh arson of um intercourse <laughs> Of course, it's exactly the Democrat. It's what the Democrats are trying to do to the country. So it's actually a Freudian slip. <laughs> Thank you. I am not going to be Thank niggardly. Um, Bain Trump 
polygraphs are 67% accurate at best average 48%. So this is due to examiner bias. Hmm. 90% of false fails were caused by being told likely suspect before exam. I'm not surprised. That is worthless. That's even less accurate than the coronavirus test. That's pretty bad. Maybe you'd consider it in supplementation of other evidence, but certainly that is not just by worthless. itself. Yeah. 48% accurate. If a person is guilty or innocent, then isn't that just, I mean, what was this? It's flip a coin. Yeah. Why not just flip a coin about yeah. the nature of the accusations, I suppose. Although I suppose they do ask a bunch of questions. So that was kind of a stupid comment. Sorry. Hmm. I'm pretty dumb. Um, M Demagogue says, Matt and I once made love. His PPE was no match for my PP. Glad you enjoyed. I did kind of like that though. Um, Freddie Sauce, seriously shocked at the state of the empire these days. Kathleen Kennedy screwed Star Wars harder than I thought. Damn. That's true. A listener also made a joke to me, too. You don't need to go after the, the stormtrooper. We know they can't hit anything. Like, even if even if the blaster's real and you fired it, poor he's lady. not going to hit a damn thing. Who cares? Oh, uh, Jim Keith. She's just like, dude, 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 dude. She's <laughs> just walking down the street. And you know, she, she's not into Star Wars. She's just like, all right, times are tough. I got to do this bullshit so I can, you know, yeah. help my roommates with rent because she's 19. Yeah. Oh, she's 19. She's 19 years old. Yeah. She's like, you broke my nose. I know. It just sucks. Jim Keats, second super chat tonight because I missed the past two weeks. Exclusive, I heard that there's a bidding war between North Korea and the Biden campaign for the services of the weekend at Bernie's crew. <laughs> uh, just Maybe. an FYI. Hmm. Autumn Dorsey. Hi, Autumn. Hate to miss the episode tonight, but I have finals to study for. Mm. No blonde. It's not a useless degree. But I wanted to donate some shekels. Have a good show, guys. Thank you so much, Autumn. Thanks for supporting the show and good luck with finals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Travis Hammer, did you guys hear about the black man who killed the elderly white couple in Delaware today? Barely a peep from the media. Had the race has been reversed, it would be championed by the media. That's always how it goes. And these was stories this, come out. Yeah. Was this the one that was like 80-year-old couple killed oh. at like a veteran cemetery or something? There's some oh, veteran God. angle on this. That's terrible. Uh, but I did not, admittedly, I did not see much about the story today. I'll have to look into it. Um, Will Boone, there's already video footage of him in the house. He's casing it for tools. Ah, I see. I told you. Um, it definitely could be. Not that you disagree with me. I didn't have yeah. to sound so accusatory there. Uh, he comes back next night. No one is 100% in the right here. But it isn't what the media is making of it. Um, that's definitely true. When I heard this story, I was like, mm, I'm sure there's more to this dumpster murder story. Is it the same city? Is that true? Uh, no, no. The dumpster murder was in tech dumpster defenders. That was in yeah. Texas. Oh, okay. This is in Georgia. At least I'm 95% sure that was in Texas. I got to look to see what happened. I know they were, they were still on trial, but I don't think that's been resolved yet. That is just my favorite murder. Just <laughs> the best murder. Uh, I mean, the guy literally asked for it. <laughs> he, he swung yeah. a baseball bat at them. I think ten there's a pretty ten most hilarious murders. I think there's a, a pretty credible case for self-defense in that case, but I also think everyone involved was really foolish and like deep South white trash. <laughs> really bad. Great muffin tops. <laughs> the best muffin top murder I've ever seen. Was it the guy that killed him that wasn't wearing the shirt too? Neither father nor son <laughs> was wearing a shirt. And they had the guns over their shoulders. And I still, again, shout out to our friends at Sonoran Defense. I have the commemorative I Doubt It AR magazine with his muffin top engraved into it. I have it. They'll oh, make it for you. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, so Sonoran funny. Defense. MacRichensthemedia.com slash deals. 
They'll do it. Um, Tyler said, can't catch the episode episode tonight, but wanted to send some Corona shekels. Thanks for the Sandy safe space. Thank you, Tyler. We appreciate it. James Robinson, happy birthday, Chippa. Pooh Bear and I both hate you. I don't know hmm. what that means, but I assume that somebody somebody's birthday is actually real. And whenever they say Pooh Bear, I never know if they're referencing Winnie the Pooh or if they're referencing Chinese uh, dictator guy Xi oh, Jinping because yeah. he has those Pooh Bear memes about him. So I never know. Uh, first son of man, people who are dark and people who are light every day, no noise, censor me, <laughs> J-Tube. <laughs> wow. Wiki, wiki, get on that one. Uh, Derek Finley, self-defense or not, their decisions still seem to have led to the situation where he died. I'm not a lawyer, but it sounds like at least manslaughter. What are the limitations to a citizen's arrest? We did talk about that at length. Um, but it is both of our understanding, unless we have misread the interpretation of the law or misinterpreted the law ourselves, that you have to be an eyewitness to a known felony to um, do a citizen's arrest. Yeah, and it's got to be ongoing. You can't have witnessed a crime like yesterday mm -hmm. and then, oh, there's the guy. I'm going to go arrest him now. Well, what if he had so. left the house? of his own accord and then they intercepted after. Yeah. Good question. Like, let's say he ran out of the house let's say he did burglarize that house. Let's say he stole, I don't know, a thousand dollars worth of tools. Yeah. And maybe in that case he'd have to drive away, but whatever. Let's say he's fleeing the scene and he's a few blocks away. Is that ongoing crime? I, I, I don't know. I mean, that would be leaving the scene of a crime. Does that count as ongoing crime as far as, and can you concerned? pursue them to do a citizen's arrest? Probably yeah. not. I don't know. I, I I don't know. And these things, as I understand, are pretty rare. They're not actually very common. Uh, catastrophe. Hey, guys, can't tune in, but we'll watch replay. Matt, you're a dog-faced pony soldier. How many push-ups can you even do, fatso? <laughs> Happy Mom's Day, blonde. Thanks for the Sandy Safe Face from California. Lockdown two months now. It's almost hopefully, over, catastrophe. Hopefully, yeah. Freddy Sauce. A med thing boils down to the legitimacy of, of the citizen's arrest. If it's illegitimate self-defense, can't be used as a defense regardless of who fought for what they never witnessed a crime. Yeah. So it's if the, yeah. And I, then I think that's generally correct. There is of course a larger social danger to people just willy nilly doing citizens arrests. I do think you want that appropriately limited. I think yeah. that the limitations we've described of witness to a crime that is ongoing is probably the sort of, um, the sort of framework that I would want if I were developing this law from scratch. Yeah. You know, uh, Rudwick, Rudgwick. Imagine if they had this outrage for black on black crime. Yeah, really. Um, Jackson Wilson. Other evidence says they stopped him for questioning, which is unlawful detainment. Killing yeah. someone during unlawful detainment is considered murder. One. Oh, oh, that that would be the angle. Yeah, because if it's I false see. imprisonment, as we were saying, just stopping and questioning a guy without the proper authority can be false imprisonment. If you killed him under false imprisonment, then that's how you get there. Yeah. Professor Chaos, um, this is felony murder because he died while they were committing felony, felony aggravated battery. Brandishing the weapon for a nonviolent offense is excessive force. A death resulted, therefore, murder. This, these are some, I, I'm, I'm eager to see how this is going to play out in court. Because that's an interesting yeah, angle, it's, too. It's going to be a fascinating, I'm fascinated to see what the defense angle is, and I'm fascinated to see what the ultimate conclusion of this case is, for sure. Uh, Aleda says, I think it's worth noting that only white people twist themselves in ideological knots over these cases. The much higher black on white murder rate never gets this much coverage. Uh, that's, we also have to address that too. That's well, uh, and we never talk about 
you know, jogger on jogger violence and things like that. Don't forget. I mean, we do. <laughs> Not really that much, though. Um, yeah. Will Boone says this went from a foundation to a fully built exterior home. Maybe stupid, but probably looking for things. And let's face facts. Why would you open a door to just look into a home? Yeah, you probably peep through the windows, wouldn't you? I think it looked to me like he walked in through an open garage door, but it's hard to tell from that angle. I need to reload this. Uh, we do have a few, uh, a few more. That was Will, right? Yeah. Will uh, Jay Val says, someone needs I to think. tell Ben Shapiro and $4 Hammer Tim Pool that there absolutely are valuables on construction sites. I used a $250 titanium head hammer. Theft happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it does. And I, I you know, I have Electric friends who work Electric drills in... and supplies and all sorts of stuff. I've heard yeah. stories of massive theft. Now, does that mean that, um, that someone on a construction site should be assumed to be stealing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But as we've been saying throughout the stream, I just... I am apparently totally oblivious to the how this is normal behavior to walk onto someone else's property and just scope it out and check it out. It's, it's strange to me. But uh, John, no, sorry. Uh, Will also says the problem is in the problem is that the guy in the truck had already been in the arrest of the guy for previous crimes. That is one detail I didn't get to as well. Gregory, the father, had been involved in previous investigations of Ahmad Arbery. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I, I didn't have time to read up on the full details of that. But yeah, there was prior involvement between the two. Uh, Richard E. Normus says, if a stranger walks into my house to check out construction, I would just shank them 10 times really fast in the ribs. Uh, hopefully not an assault shank. As the light leaves their eyes, I would put out my cigarette on their face. Hardcore. Well, I mean, it's just seriously speaking about the principle here, I don't understand the idea that entering someone else's property without permission is morally different whether the construction is complete or not. I don't get that. Wait, you Will Boone also says, did you guys hear about Musk suing uh, Cal County? Or I, I saw yeah. him tweeting about his disputes with California. The left turned against him real quick with this Kung flu, and he is hard down on it. Uh, seems on leave Seems on leave me the fark alone. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's been kind of crazy tweeting, but I've also enjoyed what he's... He just seems like, like he's him. off the wall, kind of, yeah. Yeah, but he's also, you know, he's a woke genius. Um, sure. I don't I think he's actually going to move his headquarters, but... I got to listen to him on Rogan, the recent episode. I didn't listen to it. I yet, watched but... it today. It was pretty good. All right. Let's check it out. But Rogan's such a retard, you know, it's like, is this really reality or are, are we <laughs> we're just a bunch of fucking monkeys yeah. man, <laughs> flying through the sky on a rock? He the does ba- that too. Seamus really, Seamus does at Freedom Tunes, does great impressions. Of, uh... <laughs> it's hard to do Joe Rogan's voice, but in terms of the verbiage and the pacing, he, you know, he's very yeah. good at that. Eric Reinhold. Hey, Madam Blonde. First time being able to watch live. And ironically, while I'm back at work after sitting at home for a month, love the show. Keep the good work. Thank you, Eric. Um, Thanks. Equarius, what's your opinion on this? If the state overreaches bordering on tyrannies, it's smarter to stay and fight legally with a second or just pack up and move. The real Hmm. question is, and Matt asks me all the time when I complain about the United States, is like, okay, bitch, where to? Where to? There's that that problem, too. Yeah. Where are you going to go? So I think um, that because of the second amendment, like it's going to be our obligation to, to fight. Um, I mean, not me, but my stance on this is, is the same. We talk about this all the time, but generally in the same of a, of a, um, the same sort of rules apply, whether you're faced with like an individual aggressor or a government actor coming after you. If, if someone is in your face, violating your rights, committing a, an aggression, a violent aggression against you, absolutely defend yourself. 
absent that, I think you have a moral obligation to use your words first. So if it's if it's this if, if it's passage of laws, if it's discussion of unconstitutional laws, if it's anything short of kicking down your door and stealing your stuff or sniping your wife, I think you fight that sort of stuff in court. And I think you fight that sort of stuff with your First Amendment rights. The Second Amendment, in my opinion, is second for a reason. It, it is second because it's in case the first one doesn't work out. That doesn't mean that the application of the Second Amendment is immoral. I just think that you do have a moral obligation to work through the first until it's clear that they're going to physically violate your rights, at which point right. the Second Amendment comes into play. That, until that's my they view, shoot your dog, and not the dog that you hate, if, the dog that you love. If they snipe your wife, do what you want. Yeah, It's fair game at that point. Agreed. Professor Chaos, the key thing people are missing is that it's not the citizen's arrest law that controls, it's the use of force statute. Mm. The question is reasonable versus excessive force at the time of death. Hmm. Well, it depends on if he tried to grab the gun. Yeah, it would seem to me, I'm just shooting from the hip here. I don't have a solid legal understanding, but that I would speculate that question comes down to who initiated the confrontation then. Yeah. And, and that's... If, if Arbery initiated the physical confrontation, then uh, like manslaughter tops. And is obstructing the road with the intent to stop him, is that initiation? That's the other side of that question. I don't know that that's really a threat of physical force. It's a detention. I, I'd consider that a, if someone is obstructing your path armed, like intentionally trying to stop you. Yeah, but they aren't holding you down. What it, well, what if they're, bra they're brandishing a weapon and or pointing a weapon at you? to Were get they brandishing stop? a weapon? They had their weapons out. Now, were they pointing them at Arbery? I, I don't know. I can't see in the footage. I really it's, feel like we probably pushed out on this, but also I, I just don't know. I don't. I need more information before I can make any kind of determination about this. I'm, I'm open to more information. I got to call it as I see now, and as I see now, I don't see it as a lawful citizen's arrest, as I understand it, and I don't see it as clear self-defense, as I understand it either. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, Carner Vaughn says, "Happy Mother's Day! Slap your hubby." We like that and make him realize that your womb is his future. <laughs> uh, but I'm having a daughter. That's the thing. So, oh, there you go. Womp womp. Just joking, Emmeline. Mommy loves you. Um, Shaniqua stunning and brave. Here's a joke. This is horrible. Here's a joke for you, Matt. What's green and has a hundred tits, the dumpster out the back of a cancer clinic. I'm not sure I even get it. You might have to explain that one to me. Because it has a bunch of severed breast cancer titties and then... Hmm. Got it. Thank you. I wasn't taste. thinking cutting them off. Right. Okay. It was in poor taste. I would expect <laughs> more from you, Shaniqua, stunning and brave. <laughs> Matthew Raleigh, um, the Georgia shooting will be a felony murder. The predicate felony will be false imprisonment. I doubt it is racial, but rather an overzealous ex-cop with friends on the force. Mm. I went into under construction homes when I was 20. Mm. This guy wasn't 20. Was he? 25. Uh, I mean, I did stuff like that when I was a kid. I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I've never done that. Yeah, you're a little rule follower, though. Uh, Joshy boy, a better question would be, was the house owned by anyone? Some people do that to see if they want to potentially buy that home once it's finished. I don't think that brother was buying any home. Well, and it's also owned by the builder at that point, if not the, the home, the resident. It, even if it's being built for the purpose of, of sale, it's still the builder's property or the bank's property, whoever's financing it, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not buying that. It's someone's property. So it's it not is someone's his property. property. That's the point. Uh, Ovid says, I look around homes obviously unoccupied and under construction, just windows never inside. 
about a month ago, dude knocked on the door at a flip I was working at and asked to come in and look around, told him to get bent. I mean, oh. that's more appropriate to be like, yo, can I come? Sure, ask away, yeah. yeah. The stick says, Matt, do you have a mini anxiety attack every now and then when when thinking you mixed your 556s with your <laughs> 300 blackouts? Oh, uh, so just to, so the, the whole point, without getting too deep into the gun woods here, um, Five five six is a, is a smaller round that your traditional ARs are chambered in. Three hundred blackout is a larger round that can be put into a, an AR with a different upper with a with a larger barrel or a wider barrel. So okay. if you if you try to put point is you can put three hundred blackout rounds into your normal AR magazines. You could put them in there. You could chamber the round. Everything will function normally. If you fire it, that round is too big to go down that barrel, and that's just a bomb basically. So if you do have 300 blackout, which which I do have an upper, but I hardly ever shoot it, you have to be careful about that sort of thing. Thing is, uh, I hardly ever shoot 300 blackout, so it's not a concern for me. But um, but yes, if I shot it more, I'd be very careful about that sort of thing. And you do need to be mindful. I uh, love the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, Shauna Thornton. So middle ground, I have family who does construction, and they'd find it weird. However, I have gone into completely abandoned homes I wouldn't go into an active construction home, though. I also have gone into abandoned homes when I was in middle school. Mm. I don't know. We did a lot of trespassing when we were really young, but 25 seems to be really pushing it. We'd swim in people's pools in the middle of the night and stuff. Mm. Also, am I wrong to think that it's different with a group over an individual sometimes? Like individual sure. to me yeah. seems sketchier. I can't really articulate why, but it seems like because it's not friends doing dumb shit. And twenty five yeah. is too old for this kind of stuff. Like this is the kind of stuff that you stop doing in high school. Um, son of the wolf. She's pretty hot. I'd travel across London to poker with my pork sword. Oh, that uh, must be you... uh, Ferguson's mistress. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, the blonde rant. Avery's a sociopath who threw a cat. He poured gas on into a fire. That's true. While he might have been thrown into jail using questionable means, the world is a better place with him there. I forgot that about did the occur cat to me. thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The evidence against him seems really weird, though. It does seem like planted by somebody. I got to admit. Um, JM. Oh, I, uh, Logan Billen. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Also, any dads that don't own a firearm, y'all count too. Johnny <laughs> <laughs> G. People who walk into construction sites are the same people who will go into someone else's fridge without asking, a.k.a. animals. Just uncivilized savages, yeah. I also did that yesterday. <laughs> Whose fridge? I was at a barbecue, and I just wanted to see if she had any sparkling water. I saw somebody with one. Did you ask first? I mean, I had put other stuff, like the food that I brought in the They fridge. should have killed you in self-defense <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> sorry. Jason Minard, um, free Flynn. Jail Biden, safer bet. Uh, <laughs> Laurel said, I'm convinced that coronavirus is a plot to make all of us too fat to boogaloo. Sadly, <laughs> yeah. it's working. I've gained more more than blonde in the past two months. I feel I it don't too. Think so. I definitely feel it. I, I can admit it's been rough. Um, can you read some of these so I can lean back? Yeah, yeah. JL says, uh, and thanks, Laurel. Look up the research that was recently published that says that uh, the MMR vaccine probably makes you immune to my Sharona. MMR was created about 50 years ago. Explains the average age of death. I don't know anything about it, but of course, any perceived anti-vax content is not allowed on YouTube. It is banned. It's a conspiratorial, uh, un unhelpful anti-health information. Laurel says, uh, 
<laughs> Thanks for supporting. I read that Laurel says, I read a FEMA report after a disaster. About 40% of businesses in the locale don't reopen. Those unemployed people might not have jobs waiting for them when they think they do. Yeah, that's why I'm not inclined to put a lot of stock in people saying, well, I expect to go back to my job. Your expectation is one thing. The reality of the demand for your job being there is quite another. So hoping for the best, but but uh, preparing for the worst for sure. Captain Underpants says, welcome to CBS News where we put the BS in CBS, no doubt. No one says did my part to help with the background check record by adopting two shelter guns with Corona bucks, a Schofield revolver and a Winchester 1897 cowboy action for the win. That sounds very fun. Uh, the only, I only have one revolver, but it's a, it's an old, like it's a single action. It's a replica, a 22 replica of the old single action army revolvers. And that's a lot of plinking fun. So, um, I don't have a lot of old classic weapons like that. So enjoy them. Uh, Robert Franklin says Vince James has a video of what it looks like, uh, of what looks like a mod inside the construction site multiple times at night on his telegram joggers going to jog. Now, if that comes out, that I think would also be additional information that would be relevant. Why is he entering the same home multiple times? Yeah. We'll have to see if that turns out to be true. Stop the madness, uh, says for a black judge to speak against civil disobedience is very disappointing. The entire civil rights movement involved peaceful protest to unjust laws. You wonder how he would square those things. I guess he would say that this law is, is perfectly just and should be obeyed, but those weren't interesting to hear that explanation message from Adrian says, did you hear the story in Houston about the cops who thought a pistol grip shotgun was a grenade launcher? Thought it was a joke. I did see that tweet. I put it out. A local reporter said a raid on a Houston apartment turned up multiple weapons, including a bazooka. And they showed what they showed was not a bazooka. It was in fact a dumpster defender. That's, that's the oh, weapon really? they showed. Yeah, it was a, um, those aren't considered short barrel shotguns under law. They're considered firearms under federal law. But yeah, it was a shotguns. 12 gauge shotgun, I believe. Might have been 10 gauge. I don't know. But it, it was not a bazooka. Uh, Leaf Sand. 20 gauge, whatever. Oh, anyway. sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. Um, the rate of infection of CCPV in my state didn't change during the shutdown. If the shutdown worked, we should have seen a huge difference from the first two weeks of the shutdown of the last few weeks. Yep. Yep. Angel of Darkness, I helped my grandmother move yesterday on the way home. I got a back alley haircut from a nice girl in a garage. <laughs> Don't tell the government. Yeah, I know. You can go to the weed store, but your uh, your your haircuts have to be black market only. What did that, was it like the mayor of Chicago or whatever? She's like, I take my hygiene very seriously. <laughs> yeah. uh, message from yeah. Adrian. Did you talk about HR 666 granting the government permission to enter your home to test or vaccinate you in your home by force? We talked about talking about it. Uh, but didn't because it's just an introduced bill right now. We'll see. I mean, I looked at the language is very short right now, too, and it's about grants for programs. And it's unclear to me, does the, the grants mean that it must be done or is it just money to do things? We'll see. It's an introduced bill. If it passes through committee and passes one of the chambers, yeah, I'd, I'd be more worried. But for now, you know, kooks introduce weird bills all the time. They don't necessarily go anywhere. So we'll see. Does it matter? Texas Penal Code 3007, uh, concealed can carry with, uh, can I read? Licensed carriers are not allowed into businesses that make more than 51% of their income by the sale of alcohol. Um, 3006 is the opposite, less than 51% of their income by alcohol. Concealed carry would be okay. That's well, the a only, bar, so I'm sure that they were. And that's the only plausible reason on a prohibited place I could think they could come up with. The rest are like schools, banks, that sort of stuff. It has to be the bar thing, but they were never inside the bar. Uh, John Martin retired early to care for your disabled wife and life has hardly changed for us, but we're both sick of this lockdown nonsense and the loss <laughs> of rights. I hear you. 
thanks uh thanks for supporting the show and hopefully this is almost over yeah eric burns marsh i don't know why people just trust the fbi signed the director of cointel pro impeccable record the fbi the son of the wolf uh alabama thunder pussy is a stoner rock band that person has great musical tastes oh, really? wow i, did, I, I didn't, didn't know, know the reference yeah a stoner rock band like clutch yeah Saint says, I wear a mask with a rotting face depicted on it and have already had a Karen ask me to take it off because it was going to give her kids nightmares. You can't do Even that. You only bitches. get the mask rule. You can't police what's, what's on the mask. Sorry. Uh, Don Trump says, preach, brother, and blonde. Longtime fan. Thank you, Mr. Oh, Trump. Well, thanks. Mark Duquesne, the media pushed Tennessee versus Kentucky in an experiment in March. Kentucky's harsher lockdown has more deaths, hospitalizations, and protests so far. Mm. Personal choices are what beat the Rona. Curve. Interesting. Thanks um, for the intel. Uh, Shanique was sending a brave said jokes doubly on you, blonde. My grandma died from the commie cough eight weeks ago, but now she's making us more money than ever at our family run brothel. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's just, you just do all the jokes immediately. Hi guys. This is Sam in Maple Grove. I'll try to shout out, shout you out on, shout you out on daily wire more often. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, on another note, Matt, don't be such a zealot. If blonde wants to whip out her huge knobs and breastfeed, <laughs> amen. Got to censor that. You can't say breastfeed. Well, again, thanks for um, thanks for the the mention on Ben's show. That was very cool. Appreciate it. Will Boone says, "Twas during the pee time." You did you you did say that, didn't you? Um, yeah, that's when his question was answered. Yeah, on Wednesday. Two A. Here's one I will read. Press B in the chat for breastfeeding. Press X for misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> those are the votes yeah that's what you can vote for uh, uh mr rich low pitch all women are well endowed by their creator you know the thing <laughs> <laughs> um titus muller blonde you said you've never felt less attractive and i've seen that scene from the office but for real you look beautiful in the normal camera frame you don't even appear pregnant happy mother's day my nose appears pregnant as <laughs> one fan sent me an overlay of my old face and my new face and wow. told me my nose has grown by like 40 percent. that is the percentages they even did the percentages wow yeah i asked my midwife apparently it's normal so hmm. it's fine it's fine uh let me reload uh i got i got it uh nope nope says did you guys see the gofundme for the treadmill for Texas, Exeter County Sheriff's Department or Sheriff's deputies. It was pretty great. Solid meme uh, in the Twitter thread too. I did not, but I did see pictures of that SWAT team, and they were um, they were at least the or at least the Sheriff's Department was pretty heavy, and they were dubbed uh, Meal Team Six. It was Meal Team Six that raided the Odessa bar, so that was pretty good. Uh, Derek Finley says Ben Shapiro's bottom lip looks like a butt. That also <laughs> they also made me. This also made me misspell his name esoterica right. unbound my dad is a retired contractor and when i was a teenager we couldn't drive past any partially completed house without an inspection and critique of their work this was not uncommon back mm. then what maybe, maybe we're wrong about maybe this. i'm just know. out of touch i guess maybe this was a hobby that i did not participate in when i was younger uh over on d live um we're not we're, we're not done well all right all right carry on tangent says hey don't shoot me there this is my jogging square Ginger Monkey Bear, which also rhymes, says Lowe's Company in Canada is literally named Rona. Uh, go ahead. I, I think we got like two. <laughs> That's a bad time. Same for Corona Beer. Rough yeah, time really. to have that. Name, Rona's even rougher, maybe. 
Uh, base dollar also says, Matt and Blonde, you two, you're two great Americans. I love this country and our values. 2A protects them all. Well, thank you for uh, for your generous support for the show tonight. That is very much well, appreciated. I am not going to be niggardly. God bless America. He says, I concur. Uh, and uh, he also says, drink Corona, Matt says. So thanks for supporting the show, man. Um, I, think I, got, we're... I got two more, but I'm going to have to stand up. Um, let's see. Odysseus Horse says... What if the Rona is actually nanotech that is controlled via the 5G? What if? Uh, yeah, well, you know, just so Susan's aware, we, we do know that the definitive origin of coronavirus is 5G. I want to make that clear each and every show. Thank you, Odysseus Horse, for helping us uh, clarify the difficult issues of the day. Kilgi88, they were in a lot owned by her. They're trying to use statute that has language property under the liquor license holder, but there is another statute that doesn't include that language. Ah. I see. So they were on property owned by her. That still seems to me pretty dubious, but uh, okay. But it's not the same property. Or maybe it is, but it's not inside the facility itself. You know, That seems like bullshit to me. And, and if it is true, she claims that she called the sheriff's office ahead and said, is it okay if they protest armed this way? She says the sheriff's office said yes. Then the sheriff's office sent a SWAT team and arrested them all. If that is an accurate description of the fact pattern, that is, uh, I mean, that's not just you know, debatably unconstitutional, or at least I would say unconstitutional on First and Second Amendment grounds. That's just plain old deceptive lame move by like, why are you saying one thing and then doing the other standards, you know? Okay. All right. right, Chat, I'll give you what you want. They want to see my bump on the way up. Oh, okay. Well, it's a weekly occurrence now. It is. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, guys. We very much appreciate it. And uh, I anticipate being proved totally wrong on the Ahmad Arbery stuff because who knows the way the facts have changed in that case in 48 hours or so has uh, been significant already. So perhaps, perhaps we'll have more information on this um, next week. And um, if you're, if you're listening uh, later, Thanks for hanging out with us as well. We appreciate you tuning in to uh, to support the show as well. If you want to listen to more, if you're looking for more material to listen to, check out the audio platforms. They, we got the call-in show each and every Wednesday. You can listen back to that. There's uh, some more interviews you might not find on YouTube posted up there. Linked in the description, linked on the website. Check them out. You can send us an email. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Other than that, we'll be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. Bye, guys.